I think it's a Street Fighter thing. Is it? Here, here comes a new podcast episode. <laughs> I suppose that's one way to do an introduction. Yeah. Could be like... <laughs> Welcome to the podcast! I preferred the first one. Oh, man, that's harsh. I got Man... You could do like the uh like the radio hosts that have like the the rock voice. They're like, "Yeah, welcome to the End of Time podcast." Wow, like, how do you talk like that all fucking day? Imagine, not that I watch it, mind you, but imagine if the voice actor for the English versions of DBZ, the Vegeta voice. Imagine if he had to do that all fucking day. <laughs> Vegeta, I am Vegeta. Oh God, he'd fucking die. <laughs> He'd make it like 30 minutes in. And today's weather. Oh. <laughs> Lots of uh, cough drops and honey and all those other remedies. Yeah, I heard, I, I think this was from a, I think it was from a Game Grumps episode. Somebody, I heard this from somewhere, somewhere game related, but um, of course all the voice actors like that, that have the really gravelly voices, like the on the, on the English side, mind you, like Piccolo, Vegeta, they... They would like utterly fucking destroy their voices on recording sessions. Like the times where Vegeta would fucking scream, like, this fucking horrible scream. But when he did, when he, if he was doing some attack or he was screaming really loud, they would do like, you know, so many takes of him doing that and he would just fucking put us all into this screaming, this guttural, low throat piercing scream over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not that good enough. Chris, it got cold again. I don't know if you knew. I don't know if you heard about this. It hasn't stopped being cold for me, so. Yeah. Uh, I mean, mean, it's up in the 20s for us right now, so it's good for it not to be in the teens. Chris, when you can tell me that it's, when you can say with, it sounds like a happy voice, when you say it's up in the 20s, that's, Mm -hmm. man, I don't envy you that shit at all. So I'm looking at the uh, forecast on my phone. We're going to get up to 52 on Monday. Hot. What are you going to do? I will actually be in Virginia. I won't even be here. You won't <laughs> even be home to enjoy it. Yeah, it'll probably be, you know, 17 when I come back. Right. Well, all I know is that it's this is the... I'd have to go back and look to verify the accuracy or see if this has ever happened again, but this is the first time that I can recall that it has snowed twice on the Gulf Coast of Mississippi in the same winter season. That's pretty fucking crazy. Pretty crazy. Now, granted, it's light snow. At least Mm -hmm. it was around my area. I mean, I had a side of my... I had it. There was a side of my roof that was completely covered in snow. I had some snow on the ground. My car was covered in it a little bit. And we're not talking fucking seven, eight inches of snow here, but still... To have snow down here at all is very rare, but to get it twice in the same season, you know, the same year's season, that's that's pretty wicked. Yeah, just for uh, comparison, <clears throat> so from Friday when I got home to Monday when I left, um, I didn't go anywhere all weekend. So when I walked mm-hmm. out Monday, I had to clean about a foot of snow off my car. Oh, man. I had to scrape some ice off of mine. That was about it. I did bust my ass in my own driveway, though, thanks to the ice. <laughs> on the... That's not funny, Chris. I could have died. 
But you didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I'm alive. I, I, I flip a fucking truck and total it. And yeah. I slip and bust my ass on a driveway. Still yeah. alive, see, fuckers. See, the truck is one I won't laugh at because that is, you know, rough. But yeah. the slipping on your driveway, odds are you're going to be okay. <clears throat> but, yeah. Man, I just am so glad that I live in a decent house that has really good heating. <laughs> <laughs> and I still, well, I mean, I still work indoors. It depends on where I'm working at. If I'm, I have two separate types of jobs, you know this. Yeah. And one job is strictly straight indoors. I don't go outside. I don't stand. I mean, I don't sit at all at that job either, but I don't go outdoors. The other one, eh, I sit down a bit. You know, I have a lot of supervisory details type work bullshit to do. Yeah. And every once in a while, I do have to go outside. But, I also make enough money at that job where if I need to, I can buy cold weather gear. So I know it's it works out. It's not too bad. I will tell you now, if you didn't know this about me being a very close family member and all, I don't like the cold weather. <laughs> I do not like it. Now, mind you, I'm saying those words specifically. I'm not saying I can't handle the cold weather. Mm-hmm. I've had cold weather in many different places. I was born north of in in the north united states like i was born in snowy cold crazy crazy cold weather i've lived in cold areas before i've lived in desert desert freezing cold climates i can handle it that that's not the question is if i prefer it no not at all i don't prefer to be like crazy stupid hot burning up but i do not like cold weather i would i just it's just not it's just not for me what about you? I'm pretty much the same way. I don't I don't like extremes in temperatures. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, growing up in the South, it's like just because I'm used to a little bit of heat doesn't mean I like it Precisely. or I want to be out in it. Yeah. Um, I we ha- have the humid heat down here, too. Yeah, the humidity is the worst part. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've adapted fairly well to the uh, temperatures up here already. It helped that... Uh, Virginia was a nice middle ground where there weren't, it wasn't as extreme of cold when it did snow and get cold. It was certainly, I don't think I were down in the teens, um, yeah. at least not in the daytime. That That's the thing, you know, nighttime it gets cool. So when I'm in bed, you know, under my blanket warm. Um, but during the day, noon, and it's 17, 13, you know, yeah, I, no, I don't want to deal with that. Um not to mention, I mean, depending on where you are, depending on what the weather is like, what the actual climate is like in that area, it may, like, for instance, when it was cold down here, yeah, it was only 26 degrees the other day. However, it was windy as fuck, so mm-hmm. it felt like it was 17, 18 degrees outside. I hate that. Yeah, I think hate. the other day it said that it was, this was at near, I think, nighttime. It was 8 degrees, and it said it felt like negative 8 on the thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I pay my bills and I run my heater as long as I fucking want to. So take that, mom and dad. <laughs> oh, I do the same thing. I, I absolutely do not give a fuck if it's hot. The AC's going on for as long yep. as I want. I mean, I'm not. I'm, I mean, I understand. Everybody has different financial situations, but I can honestly say that there hasn't been a time in my life 
This is going to get real deep, Chris. <laughs> there hasn't been a fucking time in my life where I have left my parents' house and been on my own. This is either in an apartment or renting a trailer or owning a trailer or, or having a house. Any living situation I've ever been in where I am away from my parents and have to be at me or me and a spouse or whatever had to pay for a bills, I have never, ever had a situation where it's been, you know what, I'm putting the fucking thermostat to 72 degrees and that fucker's not moving. I can't afford a bill like that. Now, granted, again, I'm still in this very fucking, you know, limbo of life where I don't have kids. I understand my finances are way different than everybody else's, but, man, I just not, I'm not going to apologize on that. If it's fucking hot, bruh, the fucking AC's coming on. Like, I'm not going to be in my own fucking house suffering, you know? Yeah. My my big thing is I'll do the same thing with the thermostat where I'll put it wherever, you know, we want it at. But I will supplement with space heaters and fans. Yeah. So that's typically, you know, it's like, okay, well, I'm hot. But overall, the apartment's fine. So, you know, I'll just put a fan, have it blow directly on me, and I'm fine. I always remember growing up. I don't remember how it was, or I don't remember. I don't don't know how it was with you and your mom and dad when you all were growing up. But my mom and dad were very strictly strict about setting a fucking temperature on a thermostat and leaving it. Like if I if I now granted I was the kid, so of course it's the that's not yours. You don't pay the bills. Don't touch it. Mm-hmm. But if it got fucking cold in the wintertime, even though my dad liked it cold, I would go turn the heater up and he'd be like, no, that's, you're going to run an electric bill up. And then I got out. So that, that stuck with me throughout my childhood years, even my teenage years. You know, the, the one who was, had never been out in the world and didn't know what the fuck the world was like. Mm-hmm. And then I got out. It was like, all right, I got my own electric bill. Man, this must be three, four hundred dollars if I do this shit. Oh man, here we go. And then the first summer I ever had one where it was like a solid month of me cranking an air condition for all day, damn near. Oh, it's like, granted, different, you know, I live here, it's different prices, different areas, blah, blah, blah. I get all that. My electric bill was like, it's like 160 bucks. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn, okay, so it's not going to kill me. Amazing. Yeah, when I lived down in Louisiana briefly, that was probably the highest bill, uh, electric bill, I ever got. It was ridiculous. I actually called them because I was like, I think you charged me twice. (laughs) That's how high it was. I was like, I know what my bill was at my last house. I'm now in a townhouse with, you know, less square footage, not doing anything different. Why is this so much higher? It was ridiculous. It's all about doing your budget, too, man. I mean, you know what you can and can't afford, yeah. but it's just, to me, that's always been like an automatic thing. When I'm doing my finances, I'm automatically going to grant myself like this large cushion for my electric bill to mm-hmm. where I'm not going to, I'm not going to worry about that shit, you know? Yeah. And if they I have, sp- go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say like, if I, if I spend, if I go a little over my budget one month, okay, I'll fucking dip into my personal money and pay that. But if I go under, Hey, that's free money for us. But it's never, I have yet to come into a situation where it's like, man, we spent like $90 more than we've ever spent on electric bill. AC's not, we're not doing it no more. I've, I've never had that. 
Yeah, and, and most of them have the uh, level billing type systems now. So it helps you yeah. account for that fluctuation. Oh, nice. um, the way it works is they have, based on, they have a couple different systems. If you're a brand new customer, they'll set it to, you know, some average number. But if you've already had a few months of bills, they'll average out those bills and you'll pl- you'll pay that median. And unless you go drastically over or under, that's what you're going to pay every month until you end your service. And then you may have to catch up on some sort of balance. Uh, but other than that, yeah, so it helps when you have those, you know, four months out of the year, you know you're going to be a higher bill. The other eight are going to be pretty low. So you get that mm-hmm. nice middle ground. You don't have to worry about, you know, padding your budget for those months. It just kind of is automatically there. Have you uh, have you been hungry enough lately, Chris, to go out and eat a Tide Pod? No, I haven't. <laughs> oh, my God. And I've purposely kept myself pretty in the dark about what's going on with that because I don't want to know about that stupidity. I don't need that. It's very, it's very. I saw somebody post something about it on. It was like a like a friend posted about it on my Facebook, mm-hmm. not my Facebook, but I seen it in my news feed, probably about a week ago. I I didn't even catch the reference. I didn't even understand. I figured by the way it was worded, it was a joke, but I didn't get the joke. Mm-hmm. And then my wife brought it up a few days ago, and I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" This is this is like real. This is serious. This is what people are doing. Uh yeah, yeah, I agree. Yep, a lot, lot, a lot of good stupid shit to kick off 2018. <laughs> I have been, I've been watching the game. Another, another game of the year deliberation video. I've been watching the Easy Allies have their end of the year deli- deliberations. And I've noticed that all you know, just that's not much different. Everybody almost unanimously has picked pretty much the same game of the years all the way around. And I'm beginning to wonder what, what are you? I want you to try to pull up some stuff while I find this post I made on okay. uh, or on the Facebook page. I want yeah, you to see. I, if read you, that. I want I want you to look up games coming out for 2018. And just scroll through. I want to do a quick run over and see if there's anything particular that we are looking forward to individually. I had posted something about in a time about the uh, game of the year list. I'm trying to find that real quick. It was actually a very cool list where basically somebody, a website, had taken the results of all of the here. Here we go, Game of Year picks. I'm going to pull this up real quick while you're doing that. So they basically went through a gigantic series of, of uh, sources, various, we're talking like maybe maybe a couple hundred, if not more. They went through various video game websites, various magazines, various reviewers, etc., yada, yada, yada. I'm talking hundreds worth. And they only picked out their number ones, like what all of these sources picked as their number one. And we've got we've got a lot to pick from. Some of the stuff I haven't heard of before, a lot that I have. You've got the Golden Joysticks Award, Joystick Awards from the UK, Time Magazine, Yahoo, this you know, the actual site that does their own reporting on shit. 
Right. Uh, Game Revolution, Tom's Guide, Heavy.com. I mean, I'm just listing a few of them, but then, I mean, Polygon, there's, it's just a shit ton. And yep. they just picked the number ones and totaled them up and see, and saw how many times specific games got picked number one. I thought this was very, very interesting that at the top, the very top, was The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild got chosen as the number one game of the year 165 times. The next one down, the number two, I guess you would say, the Mm -hmm. game that got picked, the next game that got picked the most is number one, Horizon Zero Dawn at 40. Yeah. Breath of the Wild got picked 125 times more than the next one down. That isn't that is insane. Mm-hmm. Then you got Super Mario Odyssey, you got Nier Automata, P5, PUBG, Divinity 2, Assassin's Creed Origins, Resident Evil. Once you get to the Persona below it, the rest of them just kind of got picked around the same amount of time. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty crazy. That is a that is a broad unanimous from, I mean, just so many different sources, so many different ones. So even if, and I know you like to rib me that, of course, I'm gonna pick, I'm gonna pick Breath of the Wild last year. I mean, mm-hmm. I am, but I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah. And it, even with or without everything that we've already went through, I think we can agree that while I don't know where the where I don't know until we sit down and have our own. Like game of the year, two thousand. Well, we we already did, but when we have our own like deliberation of the decade, which is probably going to come sometime in, of course, twenty twenty. <laughs> I don't I don't know where two thousand seventeen is going to fit. I don't know where it's going to rank, so to speak. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure I can say with safety that, in some assurity, that two thousand seventeen was a pretty good fucking year for video games. Yeah, I mean, pretty good year so far. And it made me think, okay, just like any sequel coming out for a movie, any sequel coming out for a game, <laughs> what's going to be coming out next year that we're interested in? Yeah. So Chris has gone through the trouble of researching this already. He pulled up this, uh looks like a Game Informer coming up list. Yep. How far does this go? I see so marks. It goes down to May, but I believe mm-hmm. the, they are only listed if they have a specific date, an actual release right. date. Which makes um, sense. Because, like, I don't know if it's mentioned on here at all. I haven't fully gone through it. But I was actually in GameStop the other day, and uh, Achievement Hunter did a little promo thing for GameStop to play on the TV. And it was, you know, top games they're looking forward to in 2018. And one of the ones listed was Kingdom Hearts 3, which mm-hmm. hopefully will come out this year, but there's no firm release date. So that's right. why it won't be on, like, this Game Informer list that I just pulled up. Yeah, um, and that makes sense. I mean, yeah. you know, there's tentatively 2018 doesn't really say much. It's um, April of 20, mm-hmm. 2018 says a lot more. Yeah. So let's browse through this list real quick. This is uh, impromptu. Oh, by the way, uh, welcome to the end of time, everybody. I'm Michael. I'm Chris. Yeah, I just want to, in case you didn't know <laughs> what you're listening to, you may have clicked us by accident. It happens, I suppose. And you stuck through it for 20 minutes? Good on you. (laughs) Jesus, God bless you. These these fuckers are talking about weather. 
<laughs> like I already, I think a branding shit. Like okay, number one, their logo doesn't mean shit to me, so I don't even know what the fuck of end of time cast is. Up <laughs> oh, and they're talking about cold weather. Delete, unsubscribe. I guess I guess I guess they accidentally subscribe too. So the title of this one is "We Don't Talk About Weather the Whole Time." We swear. We swear. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. I was already wondering what the title was going to be. Man, you're making this job easy. <laughs> making this job easy for me. All right, so if anybody else in the audience, and we're going to do this a little bit later when we go over a, oh, man, we've got a lot to, we've got a lot to go over today. I guess I guess a lot. I do. It's kind of, oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so we do then. Uh, you can go to Game Informer. There is a 2018 video game release schedule by Ermin Khan. And we're just going to go down on the list real quick and talk about anything we see interesting on here. Number one, some of this stuff has already came out, like uh, Street Fighter V, the arcade edition, came out the day before yesterday. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess those are really only two. This is all in chronological order. Yes. Cool. Come on, Chris. I know you're into uh, Digimon Story. I know you're <laughs> ready for that one. Kirby Battle. I'm interested. Anything Kirby. Uh, I think really? I thought this was I thought this was actually called Kirby Battle Royale, but I I could be wrong. I haven't Making seen a trailer. F- yeah, I I haven't seen a trailer for it, but yeah, man, it's Kirby's one of those games. I just I haven't really ever gone wrong with Kirby. I love I love Kirby, but then I gotta love Nintendo in general. So so Kirby Battle Royale was released. <clears throat> Oh, sorry. Okay. So that is, you are right. Um, it was released in Japan in November. That's where I was getting right. confused because I was like, what? Sorry, came out. But no, the date on it was the Japanese release date. Right. Uh, Lost Fear. I don't know what that is. Nope. Imp- the <clears throat> Impatient. I'm not seeing many so far. Monster Hunter World is oh, the first yes. big one. Yes, Monster Hunter World. Now, I wish I was more in tune with the Dissidia games. Mm-hmm. So I, I, if I was, I'm sure I'd be interested in Final Fantasy NT because, man, Dissidia games are fucking good. I mean, they're well produced and they've got shit going for them, but that would be another one. And the Ease 8 uh, looks like fucking Xeno, Xeno, Xenoblade Chronicles to me. Yeah. So, eh. But starting off the top with, well, uh, actually... Uh, no, I think <laughs> Dragon Ball Fighter Z is the first one on this list for me. Really? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how much off, just like off the gaming network. I don't know how much you are into Dragon Ball Z. I'd love to know. Um, I, I as a whole, you know, on the anime side, I like Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z. I like the anime as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the fighting games. I'm not a big fighting game person, so, yeah. you know, well, I can take it or leave it. Yeah, and I understand. I think I actually had one of the Budokais back in the day for the PS2. I think mm-hmm. I had it for a while and then traded it back in because I'm the, I'm the same way. I'm so, I'm so fucking up in the air about fighting games. You can look on my Steam list, and now I have fucking, I've got King of Fighters 13. <laughs> I have uh, Injustice 2. I have Killer Instinct, and, uh, shit, I have another one. I bought both of them at the same fucking time. 
But either way, I have fighting games on on my Steam list. I have fighting games in my library. And I will play them. Usually usually I'll fucking put a match. It's kind of like the same way that I treat Cuphead. Like I'll put some matches in for a while. And then when I get my ass kicked enough, I'll be like, all right, I'm good. It could be like a fucking 15-minute session. It could be a 30-minute session. It's not a sit-down, like, fucking Witcher 3 and just play, play, play for hours and hours on it and quit. However, that being said, I had the Budokai games for a bit, played them, and it's not that it's not that they weren't good. They were good, but just like the other fighting games, they start to require a level of dedication, a level of prowess, a level of discipline that I just don't put into those games enough because usually I never have enough of that draw, mm-hmm. if that's the best way. I think if I, if I was more of the competitive nature online, which apparently you can play a lot of these games online through Steam and they have you know, servers just like the rest of them, yeah. perhaps, the, perhaps the competitive nature would draw me in to get better. But... I play them enough to have some fun, and then I pretty much quit them. Dragon Ball Fighter Z, I am considerably interested in just from the first trailer I ever saw. I think it was in at an E3 or some type of gaming convention, and the animation in this game is fucking phenomenal. They've always been known for that. When they went to that pseudo cell shaded look, they've always had that anime style look to them fairly well. This this is starting to get fucking crazy. I mean, all their moves, their special moves, the explosions, the effects around them when they're dashing around. They kept the, they got the voice actors in. They they're following canon stories. They have touches. They have touches that Injustice Two has. They have those kinds th- those types of like special touches in this game. Uh, I, I wish I could give some specific examples, but like I heard, so I heard uh, two best friends talking about this. That there is an there's an a, there's a match type where you can have uh, Android 18 and Android 17 fighting in the same match, and I hope I've got this correct. But in the anime, there comes a point where uh, uh, 18's, 18 says that you're gonna fight 17. By yourself. No assist. I'm not going to help 17, and you're not going to get nobody to help you. So when you're playing the game, if you do get this match like this, and you try to call an assist in, Android 18 just pretty much fucking kills them. It's just, <laughs> it's, so it's, 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 they, they play, they play favoritism to that, that, that manga and, uh, anime style and storytelling. They keep a lot of those tropes intact, and I like that. Anything that acts like Injustice Two, I think I'm I'm saying that wrong. I think I think Dragon Ball Z started this shit back in the day, and I'm sure Dragon Ball Z was not the first. But mm-hmm. any game that has an outside source and they play, whether it's a big nod or a little bitty tiny nod, when they pay respect to the the source material and like put little Easter eggs, little nods in there. I love that. I will probably never be good at Dragon Ball Fighter Z. I can tell you right now, I'm probably not going to be good at any of the fucking fighting games I have. Mm-hmm. But I can respect them. I can enjoy them. And, you know, I've I've heard people say through Injustice Two, like it, apparently the way that though the way that Injustice 2's fighting engine is styled, you don't 
have to be the greatest at these games. I've also heard the same thing about Dragon Ball Fighter Z is that they have I guess there's negative words you can put to it like casualized or dumbed down, streamlined maybe maybe even another word, but they've they're starting to make these fighting games more accessible to people, which hey, I, I'm down for. I, 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 I'm not going to be playing these games against other people and even if I do they're going to do a pretty decent job at keeping me at the tier that I'm at. So, and if hopefully. I want to get better, yeah, hopefully. And if I, if I want to get better, then I'll have to get better. But I'd put Dragon Ball Z. If anything, man, go check out the, any, any gameplay footage or Dragon Ball Fighter Z trailer just to see what it looks like because that was the draw for me. What is your draw for Monster Hunter World? So, I, uh, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I mentioned before that I played the DS version of, uh, mm-hmm. like, it's like Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate or whatever it was, and it was almost the game I wanted it to be, and I thought that if I had played on console, maybe that would have been the, enough of a difference for me to want to keep playing it. Um, and with that mindset, which I never went back and played on the Wii because I wasn't going to play another, pay another, you know, 60 bucks for what they said was essentially the same game. So I was a little hesitant, you know, to actually get it, get it on the Wii or whatever it was on at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but Monster Hunter World, it looks different enough that and even fans of the series you know think this is going to be a big step for it so i think this is a good time to jump into it Mm -hmm. so i think for both returning fans and new fans this is a very uh anticipated release and it's soon eight days oh yeah it's it's coming out coming out i agree I feel like such a yes man. I agree, Chris, with everything you said. <laughs> Moving on, nothing else to input. No, I I also played this. I started out with a Monster Hunter 3, I believe, on the Nintendo DS, and I played it enough. I had, I, in in my ignorance, as in I've never played the series at all, I had mm-hmm. bought two copies, one for me and my wife, thinking, hey, you know, you can make your own character, and you can get in this shit, and then me and you can go hunting monsters together. And then I went out and made my own character and started trying to play this game myself and went, man, she's not going to be down for this. This is fucking, <laughs> this shit's pretty in depth. Pretty, uh, it's, it's not fucking, that's the wrong way to put it. If you've never played Monster Hunter games, especially if you've never played ones on the, on the DS, you're not going to understand. But there is a rigidity to these games. There is a, the controls, are just a very specific certain way. It's almost like it's a it, it's a learned skill that is required <laughs> when you're when you're having to play these games. And I I fr- from what I have read, I've never talked I've never talked to anybody who's pl- who's been in this series from the get go. But my little bit of research has has told me that apparently, if you were in the Monster Hunter series from the get go. Monster Hunter 3 is no big deal. 
it's just another game. It's another sequel. It's another iteration that added more shit. If you were jumping in, starting at Monster Hunter 3, well, that's a whole different story. Yeah. Because, and, and Chris, you know this, that game loads you at the beginning with tutorials, explanations, and text. I mean, it basically drops you in this island and says, okay, before you go out there and start trying to kill shit, here is about 50 menus to go through for us to explain to you what you're about to do. And it get it got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm not going to remember all this shit, guys. Like, you're not even letting me go out there and just fucking do the thing. Which I understand, this is, these are very complex systems and they're, they're just, they're very particular. I get that. But it's like, I, I kept trying to leave the fucking village to go hunt. I, I'm that way, Chris, it's a fucking video game. If I die, I'll just fucking come back and figure something out, you know? Mm -hmm. But I wanted to do trial by fire after about the third menu. I was like, okay, yeah, got it. Equip weapons. Block, roll, attack, possibly die. Got it, let me go. Oh, if you go over here, this NPC will tell you about armor. Okay, we go talk to the fucking NPC about armor. And then there's fucking another another 10-minute tutorial. Okay, do you understand? Yes, I do, fucking owl from Ocarina of Time. I get it. Equip <laughs> armor so you don't die. I'm going to go kill some... Okay, well, you should go over to this NPC. Hey, he's going to tell you about weapons. I'm like, good fucking God. Can I just... Can I just go? I later played a Monster Hunter Try or Monster Hunter 3 Try, I believe is the official term for the Wii. Mm -hmm. And that was a little better. Okay. It was a little better. It was on a console that it had a, a little bit more controlling options, but it still didn't feel, it still didn't feel good enough. It didn't feel natural. Now, the reason why it doesn't feel natural to me, and I'm going to bring this back up later in my how my week went, it didn't feel natural to me because my fucking epitome of combat is Dark Souls. Mm -hmm. And that style of combat, this is, it's, it's like a very, it's, it's hard to put it into words, man, but I, but I need to learn how to because I'm a fucking podcast guy, <laughs> but uh, you know, I fucking right. Learn to talk or get off the podcast. I hear you, Chris. Uh, it to me, and I know I, I, I'm sorry if I'm pissing people off by talking bad about Monster Hunter. But I'm hope hopefully, hopefully Monster Hunter World will get this all right. And if anybody has the people have demoed this game are true, apparently the controls in Monster Hunter World are great. Apparently they're very seamless. They're very easy to get along with, and that's what this game needs. Because Monster Hunter, both the DS and the Try on the Wii, to me, the controls felt like what Dark Souls, it felt like it wanted to be a Dark Souls, but it could not fucking get it right. It was just off. It felt like it wanted to do things right, but it just didn't. That makes any sense. Yeah. Hopefully, if the control layout, the weapons layout, the tack, dodge, all that, hopefully, being on uh, a different system or two, mm -hmm. It'll be much better. Uh, and plus, as you and I both have seen from these trailers, there's all kind of new shit that wasn't involved in the last one. Like that whole shit where you have basically a fucking grappling hook. Yeah. You know, and you're fucking zipping around the world. I'm, I was like, right then, I'm in. I'm in. Yep. I, okay, Breath of the Wild, I got a fucking grappling <laughs> hook in a Monster Hunter game. Where the, where, where the fuck are you at? Where are you at, Zelda? So, we shall see. Yeah. If, if you end up getting it, which console are you going to play on? 
Well, here's the thing. Okay. Here's the thing. I am going to get Monster Hunter. My wife has already known about it. She, all of her, all of her, like, uh, raid group people are asking when I'm going to get it. She knows I want it. I am going to get it. It's beyond a question of a doubt. Okay. But I'm not going to be getting it for months and months and months from now. Because it's not coming out on Steam till later this year. Okay, so you're going to wait for PC? I am waiting for the PC release for many, many reasons, but... Yeah, when I want it, I'm going to eventually have it and own it for the PC, so I'm just going to wait and get it for the PC. If I was to get it ahead of time, like if somebody was to gift it to me or if I was somehow going to get it without having to pay for it, it would be on the PS4. So Okay. But, yeah, looking forward to Monster Hunter World. I've seen a few trailers. I've watched uh, Giant Bomb play it. So I, I'm interested. I'm down down with that sickness <laughs> uh yeah Dissidia looks great too i mean i wish i could talk more about the Dissidia series i've never played i haven't played a single one of them i've seen gameplay i've i, I know what Dissidia is i've mm. don't know what the story of it is and i don't care i it looks cool that's about the best i could say for it and i did watch a ease eight trailer and again i got i got strong uh xenoblade chronicles vibes from that for some reason but that that's not a bad thing i i also i've never played a ease game ever except for ease three wonders from ease for the super nintendo mm-hmm. but god that was back in high school and i i think we brought this up on a year review i don't fucking remember i don't remember it, last so. week <laughs> yep yeah, just last week. Chris, in February, you ready for the EA Sports UFC game? Don't give a shit. Oh, wow. Okay, moving on. <laughs> uh, what about Shadows of the Colossus, which comes right out after it? <laughs> yeah, now that I can see myself picking up. I don't... <clears throat> now, I'm sure we could have a whole cast about remakes and remasters. We um, should. Thanks for thanks for uh, putting that in. <laughs> yeah, I. I can't say that I shy away from them because well I'm looking at my desk to see if I actually had a case on it right now of one of them but I bought the uh, you know 10, 10, 2 remaster I've bought other remasters mm-hmm. I try not to go crazy with them especially if it's just a port but this Shadow of the Colossus is going to be is supposedly built rebuilt from the ground up Mm-hmm. So that, and it's been that long since I've played it, uh, that I will probably end up getting it. I don't know if I'll if do it at release, but yeah, I well, that's the same with long. me. Same with me. It's so it's man, it's rare for me to get games that release these days in my life. But I'll tell you this: as far as just a general, Michael, are you gonna get Shadow of the Colossus for the PS4? I'm looking above my head right now, and on my top 15 wall, I see Shadow of the Colossus on that wall. Mm-hmm. That should be your answer. <laughs> Civilization Six is coming out. That's the DLC. Oh, right? uh, yeah, it's DLC. Yeah, Never I actually mind. looked it up because I was like, wait, isn't Six the one that's already out? I have Six, and I've played it. Ooh, gotcha. Uh, I won't be bothering the DLC, most likely. Yeah. If I ever get it, it'll be because it's part of a, you know, all DLCs pack. Mm-hmm. Civ Six, I didn't spend a whole lot of time with. So, 
I I've played Civ Four because Adam bought it for me. <laughs> I played it a little bit here and there, but nothing. Something about Four just I don't know. I, I guess they're not my. It, I'm sure I could get into these world building games. I mean, I played Age of Empires back in the day. Yeah. That was something. Uh, but yeah, it just didn't it didn't catch me for whatever now, reason. Here's the thing. I still firmly believe that Civ was better until it got to, I believe, 4, I think 3 was the last good one maybe, or better mm-hmm. one. Um, mm-hmm. They're not bad games, but the game itself, the mechanics, all that, were better in the first two or three games. And then they started adding stuff to change the way the map works, etc., etc., and that kind of made it less interesting for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't followed enough in, into any kind of lineage to give to give really good opinions or critiques. Mm-hmm. I I know there are a lot of a lot of core and hardcore Civ people, Civ yes. players that like. Civ one through four and say that five is bad and I'm like I'm looking at five from the outside going man this shit looks great but if there's like oh well they changed the systems I can respect that you know but at the same time I'm of the firm opinion that trust people's words to a degree you still need to play it for yourself and decide Mm -hmm. and I again if I come across it in some way shape or form be it very cheap or free I'd try Civ Five and and or Six and get my own opinion of it, mm-hmm. but I know I have four, and I mean it was I give or take it. It's it, it could be that maybe these things aren't just my thing, but I'll see trailers and I'll see gameplay of other ones, and I'll be like, man, those look interesting. So I don't know. Uh, let's uh, Owl Boy is making its console release. I could swear that game came out in like 2016. Yeah, I was curious about that as well because I saw a speedrun of it at uh, GDQ. It's a platforming game. I mean, it's just now making its console release, so cool beans. November 1st, 2016. Yep, yep. I got got it. God, don't tell people I got a good memory because I don't. (laughs) That was a lucky guess. (laughs) Yeah, very, very lucky. Secret of Mana came out. I'm sorry. Well, it did. Secret of Mana came out in the 90s-ish. And it's getting a re, a remake slash remaster. I'm gonna say remaster. It's coming out for the PC, PS4, and Vita on February 15th. That's cool. I'm interested because uh, guys and gals, you can check out a previous episode of ours where Adam and I did a top ten RPGs of all time. That might have been like our second episode or third episode. It was early and on. Sec- yep, Secret of Mana was up in my. It was up on that list. So I've always been a big fan of Secret of Mana. We'll see. For some reason, this trailer and the game itself has got, has garnered a lot of negativity. Uh, people are looking at it in a negative light. Why? I don't know. All I know is I like Secret of Mana, so I'm willing to give it a try when it comes out. Bayonetta 1 and 2 both are coming to the Switch. Cool. Metal, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Metal Gear Survive is coming. I'm so fucking happy about that. I could, mm, just can't stand it. That's complete sarcasm. I can give two shits about Metal Gear Solid Survive. Metal Gear Survive. What is... Moving in. What is it? What's that? What is oh, Metal, Metal Gear Survive? 
Uh, it is th- it is a Metal Gear style game that is totally devoid of Kojima. That's all I know. Yeah. It's a Konami Metal Gear game devoid of Kojima. I have not seen a trailer of this game. I've not. I I believe uh, as of this recording, Giant Bomb does have a quick look of it. I haven't watched it yet. I'm just I'm catching up on all my downloaded YouTube videos, so I'll check it out. And I could probably let you know after that, but right now I have no fucking idea. Alright. Moving into March, we got, uh, Devil May Cry HD collection. That's cool. I'm a big fan of Devil May Cry. I'm glad to see it's getting another HD, uh, release. Yeah, that's, I haven't really, I've seen Devil May Cry and I don't know if I've ever actually played one. So this will probably mm-hmm. be a collection that I grab just so I can go if back I- and mm-hmm. get that enjoyment. 312, that needs to be your order. That's my suggestion anyway. And you say, and you say, Michael, and I say, what, Chris? And I say, Chris, you gotta, wait, I fucked that up. Shit. Let me, you know what? (laughs) Note to self, never talk for your podcast partner. They're capable of talking (laughs) for themselves. But if I'm telling you to play the third one first and you ask me why, I'm going to tell you because Devil May Cry 3, number one, is my favorite of the three, and two, has a fucking weapon in it that is a scythe turns into a guitar, and the guitar <laughs> is used as a fucking guitar weapon. It's named the Navan, and it's fucking awesome. Again, I highly encourage you to go look up Devil May Cry 3, Navan Exhibition. It's fucking awesome. He, like, riffs on the guitar, and it, 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 it attacks people. Ah, I love it. Kirby Star Allies again. I'm up for. I don't have a Switch though. Sorry, but hey, I'm good. I'm glad to see Kirby still getting love. Assassin's Creed Rogue remastered. The fuck is Assassin's Creed Rogue? Yeah, I thought this was a little odd, um, because it seemed like an odd one to remaster to me. Mm. Let me pull up the thing real quick on Rogue. Oh, man. Chris, how long do we have to wait till we get Black Flag remastered? Uh. <laughs> Uh, that I think that game be... out. Uh, Black Flag came out in what? 2014? Let me look that up real quick. Well, Rogue yeah. was 14. 2014. Mm. And it was a C. Okay, Black Flag was 2013. 13, okay. Yeah. yeah. We got to wait for a while. That's fine. Yeah. Rogue was that. a sequel to Black Flag. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if you. You want to play Rogue Remastered? It's coming out in March of 2018. So I'm Man. trying to. Yeah, I don't think this one was one that really jumped out at me, especially mm-hmm. after Black Flag. I just kind of like, well, you did have a ship, which that part of it I enjoyed, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Yeah. Aside from the ship stuff, I don't remember anything about the game, so that should tell you. How cool. I feel about Won't that be getting one. it. <laughs> a little bit later this month, we have Sea of Thieves. Now, this is the Chris. Do you know what Sea of Thieves is? Have you seen your trailers for it? I saw the E3 trailer for it. Yeah, um, me too. This is that straight, strict pirate game. Which, yeah. Again, I forewarn people. I guess we'll have to wait till this game comes out, comes out, and we can actually make a full determination of this 
between one of us playing it, but I still tell people you need to go play Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Even if you don't like the Assassin's Creed bullshit, even if you are sick and motherfucking tired of seeing Assassin's Creed, I feel you. I understand completely. It's almost a meme game. It's so fucking out there in popularity. However, do not let the Assassin's Creed blanket deter you from Black Flag because you will be missing out on a fucking awesome, a really fucking awesome time. Having said that, apparently Sea of Thieves is supposed to be what Black Flag is just without the Assassin's Creed bullshit. Now, to me, that's to be determined. When I see Sea of Thieves, I see more of a... Cartoony is a word that's proper, but it's not the context I really want to push for. It's more of a whimsical, fun pirate game. And I don't mean fun as in the game itself is physically fun to play. I mean it's more of a happy-go-lucky, whimsical tone Lighter tones, yeah. Lighter tones, exactly. Black Black Flag gets down in there. Okay, they get really fucking hardcore about their pirate ship. You play actual filthy, dirty, fucking backstabby, drink-swilling, yo-ho-ho, singing-on-the-open-waters pirates. They don't fucking leave the boat and then go out and land as as groups and fucking double jump and air dash and 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 smile and laugh. Yeah, I I don't know that I'll <laughs> play this. When I watched yeah. the E3 trailer, I was all for it, but I didn't see any gameplay. And yeah. now that I just pulled up a gameplay video, you can launch your player out of a cannon. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not gonna. It will take I, some crazy, you know, videos and uh, recommendations from people for me to touch this, I think. Yeah. I, 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 I can just look at the trailer for this game and look at the gameplay and understand why people would make the comparison, mm-hmm. but I can distinguish between the two. These are two different styles of games. They're just, they look, they look and feel different from each other. Will, I haven't played it. I won't fucking know until I actually do. And I'm not going to just utterly shit on this game until I actually have it in my hand and play it at some point and make a solid determination. But what I will say is this game does not deter me from my push. Like, I still push people. You need to go play Black Flag. But it's an Assassin's Creed game. Shut the fuck up. Go play Assassin's (laughs) Creed Black Flag. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, they might not even treat this. Shut the fuck up and go play this game. It's going to be fun. This is one of those games where you literally shut people up and just put the game in their hands. You will love this game. Yakuza 6? Holy crap, that's uh, that's pretty fucking crazy because Yakuza 0 was just last year. That was a lot of people's game of the year. So, really? Yeah, yeah. Yakuza I didn't hear Zero anything was... about it. I know nothing about it. Wow. Well, uh, it's funny you mention that because I actually also went to GameStop last week and I bought, I now have in my possession, because you remember Chris, I said I was going to do this. Mm-hmm. I now have, uh, let's talk about the lower ones. I bought, not lower, good to go, it's a word. <laughs> let's talk about the other ones that's not in the, in the limelight. I bought a Nino Cooney copy. So okay. now I have Nino Cooney for the PlayStation 3. It's in my library. Oh, I'm sorry for the noise of my mic moving. I'm looking at my bag real quick. 
I don't have them on hand. I'm not getting up to look for them. I bought that. I bought another PS3 game. I'm, I wish I had the name there. I fucking forgot it. I also bought uh, Yakuza Zero. So now I have that for myself. And from what I've heard, I mean, Yakuza made a, made many many nominations for Game of the Years, and I've heard about them. I have seen Yakuza games all throughout my gaming history. I've known exactly what they are, and I've never played them, so I don't have an opinion. Mm-hmm. Yakuza Zero apparently is a prequel to the whole entire series, but it was okay. made, it was released in 2017, so it's got upgraded engine, upgraded graphics, it's an upgraded, just the whole entire game is a nice, wonderful package. And from what I hear is that if you are interested in playing the Yakuza series, start with Yakuza Zero. If you like Yakuza Zero and you want to further your experiences, stop. Because apparently the other games are not that good. <laughs> I will be the judge of that when and if I just, when and if I finish Yakuza Zero and when and if I ever go play any other ones. But now we have the sixth in this series coming out this year, 2018 in March. So hey, cool. G- glad they're going forward. Speaking of Nino, to- Nino Kuni, the, the sequel, Nino Kuni 2 Revenant Kingdom, is coming out in March of 2018 as well. I mean, hey, I haven't played the first one yet. Don't know if I'm interested in it or not. No. We shall see. Far Cry 5 is also coming out this year. Now, I'm yep. interested in this game for two fucking reasons. Number one, I'm still on that uh, that Far Cry 3 high. I've been on that ever since I last played it. <laughs> I have not played Far Cry 4 yet. I mm-hmm. think I think I actually saw CD Keys running a sale on it for like 13 bucks the other day. I was on the fence about picking it up. I I plan to play Far Cry 4 at some point in my life, but I'm more interested to play Far Cry 5. Follow yeah. along with me, Chris, because this is where I get this is where I'm I'm so fucking leery about this. I played Far Cry 3 all the way through. I've never played Far Cry 2. I've never played Far Cry 1. I love Far Cry 3. I played it from start to finish. Spoiler warning for Far Cry 3. For God's sake, do not fast forward probably about four minutes because I do not want to spoil this for you if you've ever, ever have interest to play Far Cry 3. Far Cry 3 has the one of the most intimidating most well-acted antagonist I've ever come across in video game history. Mm-hmm. And that's with its main character. Before I go further, Chris, have you played Far Cry 3? No, but a lot of it's already been spoiled, so it's no worries. Okay, okay. Well, there comes a point where you don't deal with that person anymore. And then that's about a third of the way through the game. And then the next third, you deal with this other enemy. And the next third, you deal with this other enemy. I lost a lot of interest in the actual main story after that first, after you kind of deal away with that first guy. Okay. And that, that saddens me. The game itself was still good. I mm-hmm. still had a, a fuck ton of fun going through that game and just playing the game itself. But the story waned for me after that first, after the first guy was out the way. When I saw trailers for Far Cry 4, I mean, of course, it's more of the same. It's more of that Far Cry shit that you love. But even just the antagonist, even this the the villain, the main guy, I was like, uh, you don't hold a candle to Voss. I see what you're trying to do, but you're not Voss, man. You're not going to be that guy. 
the draw for me for Far Cry 5 is not an antagonist. It's the entirety of what they're doing. They're, this whole, like, uh, the, the church system has gone above and beyond a fucking crazy means, and they have all these outposts, and they're just, oh, I love that. I, I, I'm all into that idea. Uh, it reminds me of the movie Red State. It reminds me kind of like this uh, new TV series, uh, The Handmaid's Tale. Kind of reminds me of that. But the setting of Far Cry 5 has me interested. I already know when I step into Far Cry 5, I'm getting that Far Cry gameplay, so that's not a question. The story itself is where is what's going to keep me in, is what's drawing me in. So hopefully, hopefully it'll be good. Haven't seen any gameplay. I think actually I did watch some giant bomb gameplay, but it didn't. They didn't reveal any story stuff, so we shall see. We shall yeah. see. April, we happy few. I've heard about it. I don't know enough to talk about it. I believe mm. that's the one that was at E three that people actually thought was. Is that the one that people thought was related to? Um. The last of no, never mind. This is okay. This is the dystopia one. Never mind. Uh, I can't think of what the game I'm thinking of is. But yeah, this game it looks very strange. <laughs> yeah, I I think I've seen. Yeah, this is the one that had the fucking uh, all the 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 people have like the weird faces on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the masks on. Yeah, I I have to go back and watch a trailer. I think it was something like they want you to remain happy at all times, and if yeah. if you're not, people will come after you. And there's some semi artsy, semi message pushing i get it but eh, whatever we shall see may we've got donkey kong country tropical freeze coming to the switch uh and we've got dark souls remastered coming to the pc xbox once the switch and pc hooray all down for getting more more dark souls stuff around Mm -hmm. any anything to get that you know again this is me being the selfish asshole, but I would have loved to still... I still would have rather had saw a Demon Souls 2 or even a Dark Souls 4 or a Bloodborne 2 or more information about this new From Software game coming out. But, hey, it's another it's another way for people to get Dark Souls in their life. I'm happy about that. Speaking of all this, before I segue... Straight oh, into wow. my week, if you don't mind, Chris. Do we have any well actuallys from last no, week? No, but I just found a much bigger list of games. Well, I think we I think we can hold off on anything else right now. I mean, unless you unless you the, just see stuff. That, there are there are a couple that I wanted to mention. Okay, um, okay, that weren't on that list. The first one was I wanted to re-mention Kingdom Hearts three because mm-hmm. that's a pretty big game if it ever releases yeah <laughs> and the other one was uh the final fantasy 7 remake now still yeah. tentatively this year yeah and see that still makes me wonder if it's part one that's coming this year or if it's yeah i don't know yeah also coming out this year i want to mention the god of war is coming out the ps4 god of war yeah, I'm so interested in that one, man. I can't wait. I'm, I think that's gonna be that's gonna be really, really good. 
and that's it. <laughs> that's a that that's about it. So oh oh I'm sorry. Duh the fucking the the new Spider Man game. That's that looks cool <laughs> to me. It looks interesting. So and there's a couple ports. The uh, Final Fantasy 15 is going to PC as well as Final Fantasy 12, the Zodiac Age. Yep. Yep. So we have no well actuals actuallys from last week. You're welcome, everybody. And I have now forgot where the fuck my segue was in. <laughs> how, how Your week. Yeah, but the, I was segueing from something. Uh, and I completely lost it. Um, Talking about Dark Souls. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. So, okay. So, my weeks, I've, uh, I'm going to start with uh, TV shit. Uh, I watched... A couple movies that they were you know, they were kind of average, but I did watch the Handmaid's Tale. I've been wa- I binge watched the entire series. Uh, sorry, the entire season, season one's ten episodes, because I heard many things about it. Yada yada yada, and I gave it a little bit above average rating. I get the concepts. I got the idea. It was a, it had its, it had its intrigue in there. It had its, oh shit, gasp moments. Uh, eh. I, I really don't have a desire to, to see season two when it comes out. I'd say, again, I, just like I say with games, man, I tell anybody, try this shit yourself. See what you like. Maybe it'll blow your fucking socks off. For me, I didn't hate it. But I didn't love it either. I watched it and I was like, alright, that was cool. And that's about it. So, as far as games though, I'm back in that fucking mode, man, where I'm playing a lot at one time. I'm, <laughs> I'm fucking, I am plowing through Hollow Knight again. Uh, moving at a much faster pace. Not, not, not like twice as fast because, okay. If you were to ask me to sit down right now and play Super Metroid, okay? If you wanted me to go all the way through through Super Metroid, I could do that fairly fast. Because Mm -hmm. in my life, I have played Super Metroid somewhere over 15, 20 times. I know where to go, even though I haven't played it in like the past five years. I know what power-up to get next. I know what area of the map's going to get unlocked next. Etc. Etc. Even with this being the second time through Hollow Knight for me, I'm, it, I still have to backtrack a lot. I'll have to backtrack and and actually search for shit way more than I had to with Super Metroid. I'm I'm not really sure where to put the blame for that. I don't know if if I want to put it to the game direction, like the way it leads you toward things. Uh, it could be just that I am too new school or that my, my old school nature doesn't fit with this new school. That's not saying it right either. Here's the thing. <laughs> Apparently, I just can't talk lately. When I'm playing this game, I'm so eager to move forward with things. I don't do a good enough job of shit that I used to do back in the day as a kid, which is, you know, take notes. You know, draw draw up maps and and put markers down. 
I just fucking go and go and go. And then when I hit a wall, instead of me just going back to the area that I know I need to go to, I just start looking everywhere. I just retrace all my steps. That's not exactly the way to do it. And you don't have to do that when you play this game either. You can, you could just go get a fucking map online and just make your own notes. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. That will kind of go into our topic for today when we talk about what we're going to talk about. But I, I'm enjoying the game. I'm enjoying it enough that I'm playing through this thing a second time right after have just beating it. I'm finding I, I've already found a couple more power-ups that I did not find last time. I've already found a couple bosses that I did not find my first playthrough. I'm already meeting some different challenges. I'm making I'm making further progress to doing things that you that I I needed to like check off boxes in order to unlock other bosses or other areas. So I'm having fun with it. I highly recommend Hollow Knight to anybody, even if you don't play. I w- I'd have to take some distance away from it and really weigh it up against a game that is the top tier of this, which is Super Metroid. But I, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident saying that if you had, if you have an interest in, in the Metroidvania style gameplay, this would be a good one to go for. It has its own atmosphere, its own way of, of storytelling. It's, it, it's good enough. If you want the premiere, you should stick to Super Metroid and Metroid Prime. That's just my opinion. I mean, you could play Symphony of the Night, too. That's another great example. But enjoying Hollow Knight, good shit. I beat Hat in Time. Uh, I had to look at my game clock for that. Again, I already knew that a Hat in Time was going to be it was gonna be very slow. I mean, a, a very quick, sorry. The game has like five hub areas, I think. And they have, I think, six or six or seven different uh, actual objectives in each one. It's probably about a third the size of, say, Mario 64, uh, maybe. But I didn't. I mean, the fact that I played it over multiple afternoons, the fact that I played it at different sessions and not just barreled through the entire game at once. To me, it felt longer than I know it actually is. It's a very short game for these platforming-style collectathons and whatnot. But it was up my alley. I had a good time with it. I enjoyed it. I just I want more. I would like th- a Hat in Time is a game that I would like to see more of, and I would like to see more development, more money, and more development pumped into it. If I could get a Hat in Time that's like three to four times as big and much more polish and maybe just with that story, even that the story being like a six and a half or a seven out of ten, maybe crank it up to a nine, get get a really get a really good writer on the story. Oh man, you're talking fucking a platform contender. But I enjoyed it, had a good time with it. No complaints. I don't really know if I'm gonna go back to it. I don't I, I know that I'm only I didn't 100% the game, but I got enough of the stuff where I don't I don't really see a reason for me to go back to it. Right. That one's finished. Started playing a new a new game called uh 20XX. Uh this game is for the people who like Metro uh sorry, Mega Man, so right off the bat it's up my alley. It's also specifically for the people who this is the way it was this is the way it was told to me, mind you. It's also for the people who 
like a Metroid X. Good Lord, I have Metroid on my brain today. It's for the people who like Mega Man X specifically. So that made me even like like it even more. Maybe want to try it even more. And I was starting to get leery at first because I have Mega Man X in my head when I'm playing this game. I have I have that style in this game. And at first it's not. At first it isn't. Because the way your main con- the way that your main character controls, the way the move the mobility of your main character, it's you can see what they were going for, but they just didn't reach that Mega Man X level of controls. However, as you go through the game, you basically acquire power ups. You, uh, I don't. Some seem like they're temporary, but some also seem like they're permanent. And I have found certain power up combinations that will make your main character basically control just like Mega Man X. For example, I've noticed the dashing in 20XX felt very slow. It did it, it did not feel the same as Mega Man X, and I was getting kind of put off by that because it makes me have to it makes me re-engineer the way that I'm moving, re-engineer the way that I'm jumping and dashing, etc., and comp and combining the two, jumping and dashing. But then I got a power up that and I, I'd have to look at the exact words to get it right, but it it shortened the length of my dash, but it made my dashing quicker. So when I put that on, my dashing was pretty much the same as Mega Man X's. So I feel that's what it is. I feel this game actually has power-ups throughout the game, and it augments the way, it augments your mobility to different degrees. I've also been warned that a lot of these power-ups stack like there is a movement speed ability. You can keep getting these movement of speed abilities over and over and over again, and if you are if you do it too much, you're going to be too fast. And it's one thing to be fast. It's another thing to be fast to where the fact you run across the board and then fall into a pit. You know? Yeah. So I also saw that it has, it has some... Um, there's got to be a word for this, Chris, but a game a game mechanic to where you have dailies and weeklies. You know, like MMORPGs have. Yeah. But it has that in this game. There are daily challenges, there are weekly challenges, there's, there's speed run challenges, and you can get currency, items, etc. So that, I thought that was a really cool thing as well. Uh, I've only, I've beaten probably two, maybe three bosses in the game. Uh, it's, it, once the, once I got over my mobility issue, the game's getting even better. Getting even better. So, question for you. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you think about, and I'm, you probably haven't tried this, but it mentions that it has co-op. How do you Mm -hmm. think that would play into it? I gotta tell you, that's, I, I, I wouldn't, I'd be down to try it, but. Man, that I'd seem like that would be almost god mode in this game, because, I mean, I I've played Mega Man all Mega Man games solo, and with the with the range you can cover as X, the 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 arsenal you have, it's almost like you two would be it'd be fun. I think it would be fun, but I think it you got like if me and you played this together, we would just fucking destroy this game. 
utterly destroy it. I didn't even know that. I do know that there are two different characters you can pick from, and the the aesthetics of this game mirror Mega Man style games. I mean, there is a your main character, while it is a female, it is a blue character in armor that shoots, you know, energy out of a fucking cannon on her arm. Come on, that's fucking Mega Man. The other character is in a red suit and uses a blade-style weapon. Come on, that's fucking Zero from Mega Man. So, uh, I mean, hey, you pick it up sometime, I, I'll, we'll try it. It's I'm down to try it. Yep, I just I, did. <laughs> All right, so we will have a report to you guys and gals sometime of how Do, we just... Uh... Do, do I want to play it right now? No, we're doing a nah. fucking podcast, dude. <laughs> but do you think this might be the, uh, you know, how you're talking about doing stuff on Twitch? I mean, it could. Could this be uh, our first uh, co-op play? Hey, it, it could. If you really want me to fucking embarrass your channel, I'll come on there and uh, die a lot. <laughs> oh, I can't. You, you'd be bringing the quality up, trust me. <laughs> What else? Now I'm really looking at my list hardcore because I did buy two fighting games. Oh, and Tekken 7. That's what it was. So I bought Tekken 7 and Injustice 2 back to back. Tekken 7 has such polish, man. And I gotta, I gotta tell you, if you're not a fighting game fan, I understand. But if you've moderately followed the fighting game scene, the fact that they have a Tekken game where Akuma is in Tekken and he plays like Akuma from Street Fighter in Tekken. The fact that they have put him into the Tekken storyline and he fits and it works. Oh, so good. Good polish on Tekken 7. I haven't touched Injustice 2. I'm going to eventually. The main thing I want to get out of Injustice 2 is all the fucking unlocks. I can't wait to unlock the costumes and see the matches with all the different interactions with different fighters. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Play through Cuphead some more. Still having a good time with Cuphead. Again, I have to take I have to take Cuphead in bites. I have to. Is and it's the uh, every challenge time, still there? The challenge is still there. Uh, the Usually I'll die somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 times before I finally beat a boss. Maybe, maybe even 20. It... You definitely have a lot of RNG you're hoping for in your favor. I've noticed that. Uh, you're hoping a lot of times that the RNG that goes through the patterns of boss attacks will hopefully play in your favor where you just don't get shit on, you know? Yeah. So, the levels, not too bad. The levels I can fairly, I can get through fairly easily. Not too many deaths. But the bosses, yeah. Uh, as far as where I am, as of this recording, I just finished the first island. So I've done all the levels and all the bosses on the first island. And of all the bosses I've done on normal, I haven't done anything on the easy mode yet. Uh, I tried the, the first boss that I've done in the second level, second island, or second part of the island, I guess, is the, the one that's in the bumper car. Uh, I play, played against him a little bit. This was just after beating another boss and dying repeatedly. So after about the third death of this guy, I was like, oh, I'm done for the night and moved on. The last game I want to talk about that I have started 
Uh, this was my segue. So what we've shown tonight, Chris, is I'm fucking horrible at segues. <laughs> the fact that Dark Souls is getting a remaster, a release, rehash, whatever you want to say about it, mm-hmm. is good for me. Because, again, the more opportunity that it has for people to get Dark Souls in their hands is fucking great. I love fuck. I love Dark Souls. The game is on my fucking top 15 wall, and it deserves it. It is hard locked in that position. Uh, aside from Bloodborne, I have not found a game that has... The, the, it will reshape the way you think about action combat. Just hands down. Hands down. One of the best. And again, it is a curse for me now. Because every game that has action style, you know, sword swinging, shield blocking, enemies that are hard as hell, every time I run into games like this, I'm like, you, you gotta do better than Dark Souls. You either gotta do as good as they did it or better. Uh, an example, I played, uh, Surge was a game, The Surge for the PC. Pretty good game. I like the aesthetic of it. It it has a lot of good qualities to it, and I think it was a very unfortunate. My wife could have a better memory than me, but I think around the time I got the surge, I also got Breath of the Wild. So there's, I really don't know why I stopped playing the surge, Chris. It's, I can't imagine, but good gameplay. I enjoyed it. I will get back to it eventually. Among the other games that I bought recently, I also bought Neo. Chris, are you aware of what Neo is? Yes. Okay. So I bought Neo, started playing it. Chris, I started getting, I started getting giddy, damn near. I was getting excited because this game has the controls, has the action and the combat like Dark Souls. I mean, I was getting all that good vibe all over again. I was getting happy, getting excited. Started to wane just a hair, just a hair, because I've been through Dark Souls like five, six times. I've been through Bloodborne twice, all the way through Dark Souls 2 once. I've made it about probably three quarters of the way through Demon Souls, and I've only started Dark Souls 3. In any event, I've had my fair share of bosses. I've had my fair share of enemies, basic bear bitch enemies that will kick your fucking teeth in. The enemies at the beginning of Neo were being a little bit too easy for me. I was one, two, three, four swipe killing these guys like nothing. And then I ran across a guy in a suit of armor. And he promptly shut my fucking mouth by (laughs) kicking my ass. Well, let me take that back. There were two of them. And I don't, I don't have the exact aggro in this game figured out because I just started it. So when I aggroed one, I actually aggroed both of them, and they kicked my shit in. And I said, okay, this is like Dark Souls 1. Those are the skeletons. I don't need to go that way. I'm going to leave those two fucking knights there for now. Yeah. Proceeded proceeded through the game, figured out where to go, found a key, found some armor, found some items, moved on about my life. I got to a boss, and I said, oh, boy, here we go. I killed him. And probably about 20 seconds. Wow. And I, you sh- my wife was here. She heard me. I was like, Dark Souls says hello, bitch. And you come on, man. You got to fucking step to my... This is bullshit. This is piss easy. And as I'm talking shit, Chris, cutscenes <laughs> are happening. 
and I'm like, man, this game, I've heard so much shit about this game being tough. This is the problem that people that don't start out with Dark Souls, they think that they, they're going to think this game is tough. Mind you, Chris, cutscenes are still going, and I'm thinking this shit in my head. This game's going to be piss easy. I'm going to blow, I might as well find difficulty and bump this game up or something, because this is going to be easy. The boss transforms and kills me in three hits. <laughs> I said, okay. Okay, touche game. Touche. Yeah. So, uh, again, I'm literally only at the first actual boss, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry if that spoiled it for anybody. I'm pretty sure there's gonna be 20 something other bosses in this game. Hey, the first boss is gonna transform and kick your ass. He's more powerful. Oh boy, sorry for that spoiler. Hate me later. The game is, is good so far. And I, I'm only, I'm only, probably 15 20 minutes into this game i'm liking it it's got that same it has that combat feel to it i can't wait there's a lot about it i don't know yet a lot i don't Mm -hmm. understand i there are some things that this one has done that mirror dark souls like the stat screen whenever you're equipping weapons uh i there's a lot to figure out still as far as the actual controls and the actual combat. There are some things that I that, that that I took for granted in Dark Souls 1 that, of course, is not available in Bloodborne because Bloodborne is a different game, but I still miss them. Uh, for example, in Dark Souls, when you could learn how to kick things, my whole game got blown wide open. <laughs> this game, I haven't found shields yet, so I don't even know if they have shields. But this is definitely a more combat-focused, for me, and again, I'm talking very, very early gameplay, mind you. Uh, Neo seems seems more combat-oriented, a la Bloodborne. In Bloodborne, you have no shields. Bloodborne is very combat-heavy, fast, fast, go, go, go. There is no hold your shield up and hope your poise and your stamina, you know, takes all the hits, one, two, three, and then you stab. Bloodborne is no. You need to outmaneuver them. You need to counter them with with guns or something. So, and there's no guns in this game too. So we'll see. We'll see how more familiar I come, I become with the game. But I mean, just the fact that I played this game for what little time I did, and I mean, in total, I played it maybe 30 minutes or more, somewhere in the 30 minute mark. I was already getting that. Oh fuck yes, those Dark Souls vibes, and that. That's good to me. That lets me know that I'm gonna be, I'm gonna have a pretty good time with this game. Yeah, is it I'm, gonna be difficult down the road? I fucking hope so. The, the look, the more difficult these games are, the better. I'm not saying that as a masochistic point of view. I'm saying that the challenge is where it's at because when you beat them, the rewards are so fucking good. I can't wait. I hope it's difficult. I hope I have to fucking bang my head against forty deaths because on that forty first. It's going to be, yes, yes. This is why I play these games. So, yeah, what I'm were we going to say, Chris, before I... Re- I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Damn it, I'll do it again. <laughs> I'm curious if you're going to maintain that through because one thing I have heard about the game is that a lot of people have go into it excited and enjoy it but then kind of burn out on it for one reason or another. And I'm not sure particularly why, but I know it's a lot of games that just get kind of put to the wayside. Yep. We shall see. And I, you know, I'll, I'll judge it more as I go. Mm -hmm. 
who knows, maybe the combat will get old, maybe I'll, it might be a fucking near Automata thing where I just, once I see the fucking code of the Matrix of that game and get all the combat perfect and, and know how to work the system, it'll just become nothing to me. But I see the potential in it now. You know, I see, I see where I am enjoying it now and where I can enjoy it as I go. So we'll see. Man, that's going to bug me. I did buy another PlayStation 3 game, and I can't remember what it is. Um, Chris, if you want to, I think I think that's it for my week. I'm okay. pretty sure. Yeah, that's it for my week. Go ahead with yours while I go run this room and find what distance <laughs> is real quick. It's gonna All right. Me now. So this was a, uh interesting week for me. Because with my streaming computer having the video card issues and the new card not arriving till Tuesday. <laughs> what? Sorry. 3D Dot Game Heroes was the other game I bought. Sorry. What is that? Uh, that you can look a trailer up and get a better idea for it. But basically, they take it's a game on the PlayStation 3 that took all the old elements that were, that you're used to from classic RPGs like Final Fantasy 1, Dungeon, uh, d- uh, uh, Dragon Quest, those types of games. But it makes it into a 3D style environment and world, but it's pixelated. It's pixelated 3D. So that's, uh, you get a better idea if you see the trailers, man. Okay. But it's supposed to be good old classic RPGs, but it has like a, it has like an upgrade system to it. Like you can upgrade your sword and you can actually add like length to your sword and you can add width, width, W-I-D-T-H, width. <laughs> we got some stupid fucking words in English language, man. Yes. The width, the width can get wider so you have i've seen i've seen uh it, i think the gameplay kind of works like zelda like the original zelda where it has like an overhead sort of view mm-hmm. but it's tilted overhead so it has that 3d look to it and there's enemies in the world and you slash them and shit now i've seen like upgrades where people have upgraded the length and the width of their sword to where it's like extremely long and wide like it covers half the screen i don't know <laughs> it it's supposed to have the old school RPG look and feel and storytelling to it, but it has a upgraded uh, d- dot d- 3D style look to it. So. Okay. Had it on my list for a long time, saw it for a couple bucks, picked it up. I'm sorry to interrupt your week, Chris, please. It's you said it was good. interesting. You had an interesting week and go. Yeah, so it was interesting because of my video card issues on my streaming computer. Um, but I've got that squared away now. I now have, in my gaming computer, I now have an 8 gig uh, 1070. Mm-hmm. And my streaming computer has the 4 gig 960 that was in it. How so, hard were those to come across, man? The So I had actually, I think, ordered a 1060 on Amazon. And when I posted about it on Facebook... One of my friends actually posted that they were selling the 1070. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I got it for only like 60 bucks more than the 1060. And Damn. this card runs at like 700 plus bucks. So I. Did she, go ahead. Did she say the reason why she was selling that card? They were. 
I can't remember specifically. I think the post said something about because uh, she had previously posted on you know Facebook Marketplace thing. I believe mm-hmm. that post mentioned that they were kind of downscaling their computer setup, which uh, I don't know why anybody okay. would ever do that. Um, yeah, that's weird. But <laughs> uh, so I don't know if it's the only hardware they're getting rid of. This is the only one I cared about. I didn't ask if there were others. Um, but yeah, since it was shipped at the speed of snail, it just got here Tuesday. Um, but I got that in. My issues <laughs> are completely gone. So that was the cause of the issue. That uh, video card's now in the trash. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't. I haven't really done a stress test on the 1070 yet. I haven't played any PC games uh, yet on it. So I haven't had a chance to actually see how big of a difference it is. Um, but the 8 gig memory in it is alone a huge uh, difference maker. Good. Good. But, um, so it, that made it an interesting week because I was kind of on this, this uh, what do you call it? This uh, seesaw of wanting to play console games, wanting to stream or wanting to stream the games I was playing on console, not able to really stream because the streaming computer wasn't working, and I did try streaming from my gaming computer, and that just went terribly, let me tell you. Um, I don't know what it is. I haven't. I didn't even take the time to fully work it out. I just kind of gave up on streaming. Mm-hmm. I got a few hours in here and there, but it was just horrific. Poor quality, <laughs> et cetera. Um, yeah. But I have the PS4 now, so I want to play my games. So I was like, well, eh, I want to play. So I actually ended up doing a bit of stuff offline, off uh, non-video game related. Um, And one thing I forgot to talk about last week were my uh, game development things. Okay. So with after moving... We had, you know, not much set up yet. I didn't have my streaming set up yet. So I went, well, okay, I'll just work on my development development stuff on my game. And part of that was I decided to go ahead and look into converting it into a mobile app. Mm, okay. Um, so take that approach and modify it and uh, see what I can do with it. Because I already have some ideas of what I want to do with it once it's as a mobile app, but I need to get to that first. And based on the way I have it coded, it's only coded to run on a local machine. So Hmm. obviously that doesn't work well for an app because I have to access a database, all this stuff, all the players access the same database. Sorry, I need the database where people can get to it, and then I need the app to be able to interact with that. So that led me down this rabbit hole of, you know, uh, Amazon uh, web services, which a lot of games, especially mobile, use for their back end. Mm-hmm. Um, some PC games do too. Um, don't know if any. Don't know what the console games if they do it or not, but I know PC games do often as well. And even non-gaming stuff use that as their back end because you can host databases and whatnot for any purpose really. So. I went down this huge rabbit hole and please, if any of our listeners know anything about Amazon web services and, uh, connecting to databases via it, let me know. 
I'd like to, uh, I, I need some help. <laughs> we'll take advice. I, I, I struggled with this for probably three days. Wow. I, I made some, my, my database is now hosted on Amazon, which is nice in one aspect that I, you know, don't have to worry about my, my machine running it anymore. Though I'm still running the game itself on my machine, so it's kind of like, well, it's not accomplishing anything at the moment. Um, but it's made it kind of slower because of how many times it has to go on a hit. So I'm mm-hmm. rewriting code to do fewer calls to the database, et cetera, things to smooth it out. But the uh, overall getting it hosted purely on Amazon, as far as most of the uh, calculations and whatnot that happen every time you do fights and whatnot, uh, that part is taking a bit. So, mm. And I haven't touched it since because I was that frustrated with it, and I finally got my setup to where I could play consoles. Um, so, yeah, that was what I was doing before I started playing Horizon Zero Dawn, and I haven't touched it since mm. I started. You um, know, I can... I can completely understand because when I was trying to put this podcast on iTunes, mm-hmm. I number one, I can't, I can't really say sh- I shouldn't be able to say shit because I didn't know anything about putting a podcast on iTunes, so I really had no frame of reference except for putting a podcast on SoundCloud, which is where you guys and gals are probably listening to us right now. Fairly fucking easy to put it on SoundCloud. You yeah. just Upload it. <laughs> the end. I mean, you have some options you can pick. You know, uh, add comments. You know, does do, do you have profanity? Blah blah. blah. Do, would you like to add this? Like, just little little options here and there. iTunes not that fucking easy for me, in my opinion. There's so much shit I had to go through. I again, it took me maybe 15 minutes to upload uh to research and figure out the ability to upload things to SoundCloud. I spent close to probably 4 4 5 hours one day just trying to figure out how to upload our episodes to iTunes. And at the end of the day it came down to well you got to submit something and we will review it to see if we will even allow you to be on iTunes. Yeah. I did that shit months ago folks and I never got an answer back. So and I feel the same way now the way that you do now about what you were just doing. I just kind of like look, I that's too much to fuck with. That's that that's too much. Maybe in the future we will. Maybe you know what? Maybe I'll pass the project on to Chris. Maybe he can have better luck than me. But man, that's just yeah. I can take a look I, at it. I, it's it's fucking crazy, man. Again, it's something as simple as SoundCloud, which is okay. Make a SoundCloud account. Okay, cool. Do you want premium? Sure, you do because you got long episodes, buddy. Pay for the premium. Okay. <laughs> now just upload your podcast. That's it. iTunes not that easy. I feel yeah. your pain, man. Apple has always been notorious, and it's the same way on their app marketplace. They mm-hmm. have much more stringent requirements, and it's a lot easier to get things on Android than it is Apple or iOS, whatever they're calling themselves. I mean, I should have known it was going to be this shit complicated whenever I first bought uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine her very first fucking iPod, 
And I was like, yeah, it's, yeah, you just fucking hook your iPod up to the computer mm-hmm. and you take the file and you drag and drop. And then she hooked it up and it was like, oh, no, it's not the way this works at all. Yeah. You have to have iTunes. Man. And it's very fucking proprietary and very fucking bullshit. Yeah. We went through that uh, when I was at uh, MCT, Marine Combat Training, mm-hmm. back in 2005. One of the guys had his iPod. And we're like, yeah, we'll just transfer some music. And then he comes back a few minutes later and he's like, um, we need to reverse what we just did. Because none of it's on the iPod anymore. Wow. Like, oh, okay. And so we had a copy back from the computer iTunes to the iPod library. So he could have his music back. Sounds right, man. It was ridiculous. But yeah, so on the game side, I want to develop more for it. But I also want to play through some games, so I'm, and I'm kind of in that phase where there's a lull in new developing for it, and it's more redoing the existing development to better support other platforms. Um, and that is a super large endeavor for me to undertake. So it's kind of on the back burner for now until I kind of have a lull in games, which will be a while now. Yeah. Um, I did pull out my stash of PS4 games that I own or owned um, before owning the PS4. Um, <laughs> okay. So I, I've got, and you mentioned Far Cry 4. You said you hadn't played it? Or uh, no, you did Far play Cry, it. I played Far Cry 3. I have not played Far Cry 4. Okay. I uh, If you want... I can send you my copy of Far Cry 4 for PS4 because I totally forgot I bought it and I bought it again on Xbox because they had a sale on it and all the DLC. (laughs) So I opened the box and I was like, oh, I have Far Cry 4 for PS4. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fun fact. I didn't know this either. Uh, I I remember uh, a couple episodes ago I told you that a friend of mine had gifted me my Xbox One. I have found out that that Xbox One came with Assassin's Creed Black Flag. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I've actually had that game in my possession for a couple years now. Just didn't even know it. Either way, still got to play it. Yeah. So So you broke out some PS4 games. Yeah, so I, I have Far Cry 4, which I'll send you. I have Infamous Second Son. I have Shadow of Mordor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have Thief. I have the Uncharted Nathan Drake collection. Um, that was one I was talking about where I really wanted to get into the series, but I wanted to start at the beginning. And when they mm-hmm. released that collection, I was happy because I wanted to grab that so I could finally play this highly touted series. Yep. Um, and the other game is World of Final Fantasy. What? Which I had actually pre-ordered. Despite not having PS4, I pre-ordered it because I was like, okay, Final Fantasy, pre-order, set it and forget it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I actually did play it uh, for about four hours this week. Mm -hmm. And that was in one of those lulls where my computers were being royal pain in the asses. 
-hmm. So pains in the ass, rather. Um, Is this the game, sorry to interrupt, is this the game where, like, one of the gimmicks is you, like, stack characters on top of each other? Yes, it is. Ah, okay. So I was immediately, one second. All right. I was immediately, I immediately had a description to tell you in mind from the first, like, ten minutes of play. Okay. And that is that it is Pokemon plus Final Fantasy. Pokemon plus Final Fantasy. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. was Chris rapidly typing on his <laughs> keyboard. I have never heard somebody hit F5 so fast <laughs> in my life. <laughs> no, that that was a door stopper. Um, I don't know <laughs> totally what so. it is about them, but in this apartment, they are ridiculously loud, and they go on forever. That's why I stopped, <laughs> turned around, and stopped it with my hand, because it would just keep going for like three more wow. minutes. Um, wow. Super annoying. And I that's the first time I've hit it with my chair like that, too, because I was adjusting. Um, but yeah, so Pokemon plus Final Fantasy. Okay. In the So... You play as this brother and sister who apparently, and you learn this at the very beginning of the game, and they've lost their memory, don't remember that they were apparently some badass Pokemon masters. Uh, are, they call them mirages, which mm-hmm. is it really a mirage if it's something you can interact with? But anyway, um, it's really there. It's really a creature that's there, but they're called Chris mirages. Already putting, already putting too much thought into this Pokemon Hey, I play Pokemon, I play Final Fantasy, so this is a cross, and it's one of those, it's like, is this this a good cross, or is this a bad cross? Yeah, Um, you better get it right, game. Chris don't fucking play. And I am, I am still determining that. I want to give the game long enough to fully understand all the mechanics, because I think there are a couple things in the menu I still can't even see yet. Uh, You Mm -hmm. know how in they'll have the placeholder question marks in your menu. And as you go through and learn how to do stuff, it'll unlock parts of the menu. Um, I think I still have two things, two or three things locked. Maybe I need to go back and check. I may have them all unlocked and just didn't care. Um, But so the premise is that you have to catch these mirages using a not pokeball and one of the big differences between Pokemon and this is that you only get one ball for that type of enemy or for that particular enemy. So if I mm-hmm. go out and I catch a uh, Kokobo, I get one and then I have to level up that one to get a ball to catch a second one. So you don't get to just, you know, catch every single enemy you fight like Pokemon you really can, aside from, you know, gems and trainers. But any wild Pokemon you can just catch if you have if you want, um, or you can at least try to. But in this game, you don't have that flexibility. You get one shot at it, or not one shot, because if you don't catch it, you still keep your ball. It's not like a once and you're done and you, you're screwed on that one. But, so it's interesting in that you only get one, originally one, of them, of a type. And it makes sense because of the stack mechanic you mentioned. Um, because there are sizes for your characters and for all the mirages. They're large, medium, or small. And you can only stack large, medium, small. 
Um, you can have a gap, so you can have like large, small, or medium, small without a large, and that's fine. But you can't do them out of order in any other way. You know, you can have a large on a small or something stupid like that. But the... And the characters, this is something that kind of annoys me. So starting out, one of the first things I thought about the game, other than Pokemon, or even before Pokemon because I hadn't discovered that part yet, was the graphics kind of reminded me of a Kingdom Hearts type look. Um, where they're that, uh, maybe, I don't know if Kingdom Hearts is the best example, but it's pretty similar. Um, so you have this not entirely proportioned person, but it's still obviously a person, you know? Mm -hmm. And then shortly after that, I get transformed into like a chibi version of it. Mm -hmm. So now it's a silly little smaller squashed person thing and mm -hmm. I don't like that I I understand why they did it because of the stack mechanics and there is part of the story why you know all the people in the Mirage world are that size and you can be either size in the Mirage world but being the smaller size lets you fit in better mm -hmm. and that apparently ties into parts of the story but I ha I haven't cared enough to actually go through places as a small size to see how the dialogue changes, you know, between my giant form and the small form. They call it giant form. It's just normal form for us. But hmm. uh, I just, I don't like it. But I've actually, because of the stack mechanic, so when you're normal size, you are large. When you're chibi size, you are medium. So from the start, you have two different stack things to determine mm -hmm. and you can you know as long as one character is using isn't using the mirage already in a stack the other character can use whatever mirages right. so you may and really my smallest tend to say the same between the characters and it's only the medium or large I swap out uh, and that's only recently because I finally got a large to use. Um, mm -hmm. They are not, they do not give you a large early in the game. You get a medium fairly quick. Um, yeah, mediums are fairly quick to get. It's the larges that take longer. And so I played, I've played, I said four hours total. I probably played three hours as the large size with a, you know, large, medium, small, or medium and small on top of my character for the stack, but mm -hmm. since I got the larges unlocked, I've actually swapped to the smaller size just because I like the mirages better. So I'm annoyed by watching myself and Chibi form running around, <laughs> but <laughs> for combat, I like it better because of the options I have. Once I unlock a lot more mirages, I may go back. But right now, I'm leaning more towards the Chibi size for combat. Um, you can only have 10 Mirages with you at a time. Uh, and that wasn't an issue until just now for me in the game where I'm like, okay, I I don't, I want to use this one, but who do I get rid of? Because I'm trying to level them because as long as they're with you, they get a percentage of the experience at their combat, even if they're not in it. 
So it's like, all right, well, I want to use this one. I need, you know, they do water damage. Hello, Pokemon again. They do water damage. So I want to keep that. Though, to be fair, Elements is in Final Fantasy on its own. But yeah. I, anyway. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I want to keep my water type Pokemon. But I, it's needs to level up first. So I could swap it out for this other one that I may use a little sooner. But then if I get to an area where I need water, I'm going to be kind of hosed. And then there are abilities that help you out on the map. Hello, Pokemon. Um, <laughs> like putting out fires. So I have one that's just for, or not putting out fires, but starting fires, burning grass or vines or whatever. Uh, so I want to keep that one out with me at all times. So in case I run into any of those areas, I've run into another one that has a hammer icon. I think I have the Mirage that can do that, but I haven't gone back to that area yet to test. Um, so there are things like that. You unlock the abilities to do those. So it's like, okay, I have three I want to keep just for their abilities on the map. I have three really good tankish uh, mirages that I'm just going to use to bolster my defense, bolster my health, and give me a little bit more strength. And then I have, you know, the elementals that are going to help me against whatever I'm fighting. Uh, so it's really hard to decide which ones to keep out, especially as the enemies keep changing. You know, I, I was in this area and like, all right, they're all the same. But then I go to the next area, I'm like, okay, all my weaknesses are no longer applicable. I'm now weak to them instead of being strong. And, okay, I need to switch out people, but who do I switch out? And, you know, how do I balance this? Because uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had for a while a very one-sided team where my uh, the girl's stack was super strong and the dude's stack was basically just healing. Because he was hmm. so weak. Um, it was useful when I was trying to catch my Pokemon because they sometimes... <laughs> so you can't just catch them from the start. You have a condition you have to meet. Mm-hmm. So far, I have... The standard is doing damage to them, puts them in the state, which early on is fine. But now my I can often do too much damage. I'll kill them in one shot. So I have to kind of... Uh, purposely weaken myself, whether that's unstacking, because you can unstack in combat, and then you have your individual characters uh, and mirages. But stacking is so much better almost all the time. Uh, so I have to purposely unstack or weaken somehow or use a ability that does damage but does reduce damage or maybe an element they're strong against so that I can trigger the physical damage without doing uh, our damage. It's not just physical. It's any damage. But trigger that without killing it. Um, There's another one that was you have to heal them. um, Which is interesting because uh, it's not a whole lot of them that are healing. I think I've run into two so far. But it's so much easier. Than doing the damage. Um, and I've had to heal the ones trying to do damage. It's like, all right, then trigger, heal it, hit it again, heal it. It's like, I feel like some kind of torturer. You know, it's like, <laughs> ha, I'm going to beat you within an inch of your life and then heal you and do it again. Uh, now get in the Pokeball. The, uh, the, Got a and, couple questions for you, Chris. Yeah. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish that statement. Uh, I was just going to say that the Pokeball 
it actually does the Pokeball type thing where it bounces three times and then you catch it. Mm-hmm. So I was another uh, connection between paying the two. some paying some real strong homages to Pokemon. Yeah. Okay. So question one, looking okay. at this game from the outset, good lord, I keep hitting my mic too, man. Now you've cursed me. Uh, looking at this game from an outside perspective, one of the things that does catch my eye is prominently is the chibi look of the characters mm-hmm. in the game. How translating that into the tone of the game, the, 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 is it a light tone? Is it a childish kind of tone? Is it, is it actually like a Pokemon style, like really light tone to it or, or what? I do think overall it's a lighter tone. It's a lot of joking around. The, uh, the guy character, he is not the brightest mm-hmm. <laughs> and they make fun of him a lot. He makes a lot of bad jokes. A lot of stupid comments, you know, so they make fun of them and whatnot. So it's a, mm-hmm. it's got a bit of comedy to it. Not necessarily great comedy, but it's there and just keeps it kind of upbeat. There is a underlying, I don't even want to call it dark storyline, but more serious storyline uh-huh. where this evil empire is attacking, you know, it's Final Fantasy, evil yeah. empire, duh. They're attacking, so you have to fight them off, and you're defending these people and helping them out. And that tone is there, but it never feels like, oh, this is super serious. It's even to the point where there are only very specific situations where you can game over. Hmm. If you die in a fight against a normal Mirage or Pokemon, you just warp back to the hub area. Uh, that's it. I have only died once, and that was kind of a story-induced death. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, let's jump in here. And then, oh, it's too strong for us, duh, and died. <laughs> um, no chance to win. You actually get one shot. And it was funny because I got really confused because the dude got attacked. He was fine. And then the chick got attacked and she got one shot, like, ridiculously hard. I was mm-hmm. like, is she weak to it for some reason? Because um, I had just got my first, you know, Pokemon. I just got my stack set up. I only had a small on each of our heads. Didn't even have mediums at that point. So I was like, huh. So I just attack with them. And then the boss's next turn rolls around. He gets one shot. So apparently the boss had missed his first attack. Wow. So <laughs> I survived one extra turn of the enemy. My other question is, mm-hmm. is this, does this game, I don't even care if, I, I'm assuming that it treats the Final Fantasy name with some type of respect as far as how it lays things out in the game, Final Fantasy related, the callbacks, the the paying tribute. My question is though, is this a Final Fantasy style game or is this a game that no. got a Final Fantasy slap on it. The, I wouldn't say this is a Final Fantasy slap on it, but this is not a Final Fantasy game. Okay. Um, not in the traditional sense. Like you I know, said... Like, for example, Doki mm-hmm. Doki Panic was a whole game by itself. Nintendo said, okay, make the game, make it Mario-themed. Is this a Pokemon game that basically got a Final Fantasy theme slapped on it? It's... I haven't played 
far enough to see how in-depth the Final Fantasy stuff is. Mm -hmm. Because it is a bunch of previous Final Fantasy stuff in it. Like, slight minor spoilers for like the first hour, maybe. Uh, You start off in an area, like I said, you lost your memory. You go to the Chibi World, the world of Mirages and Pokemon, and you end up in the Final Fantasy One world. That's what it's based on. So you're at this uh, castle with this little village, and you are talking to, I believe, if I remember correctly, the princess from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. The one you uh, rescue at the start of Final Fantasy One. Mm-hmm. That is who you're interacting with from that world. And then there wow. ends up being a warrior of light. Now, your character's not the warrior of light. It's so, uh, a NPC from that world, uh, mm-hmm. from that kingdom. And it's a kingdom in this Mirage world. Um, and I've now ventured out of that town. I finished that part of the storyline, ventured into the next town or kingdom, and I interacted with a character from Final Fantasy X. And it was in an area, ident- I don't want to say identical, but it's based on the Final Fantasy X environment where that character has a cutscene. So nice. I was like, okay. At first I'm like, this is an interesting little area. I didn't think anything of it. And then I saw the character show up and I'm like, oh, that's why we're here. Because this is okay. their kingdom. Okay. Makes sense. So this is basically Pokemon Kingdom Hearts Final Fantasy. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah going to different worlds. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I haven't done much in the Second Kingdom yet. But yeah, that's kind of the trend I'm seeing where okay, going to a kingdom, you interact with one of the main characters in the story, and then on, you inter- eventually interact with others from that. Um yeah, so uh let's Are see. you in are you enjoying it? I guess that'd be a third question. Overall, yeah. Um this is kind of my chill game because I've been playing more Horizon Zero Dawn and getting to the combat forever and finally, you know, it's like all right, I'm done with Horizon Zero Dawn, I'm done streaming for now. I'll play some uh World of Final Fantasy. Just yeah. to relax, it's very chill. There's not really anything strenuous about it. You have the... So the combat system is similar to, let's see, um, 10 maybe, where Mm -hmm. you have the bar on the side where you can see who's going next. Uh, But it is... I don't remember if 10 could be straight up active, right? Uh, Or was it only wait? No, I think it could be active. Okay. Well, in... Uh, World of Final Fantasy, you have active, semi-active, and wait. Okay. I started off on active, and I qu- quickly changed it to wait because oh, wow. things just moved way too fast. I also turned the fight speed up to maximum, so that probably has something to do with it. Um, <laughs> and I also used the legacy UI, our legacy command thing. So okay. by default, when you are in combat and you're issuing commands the default layout 
is simply press the uh, button on the right side of your controller that is the move you want to do. So mm-hmm. maybe, you know, triangle for attack, O for ability, or something, and you can remap where you hold a trigger and press one, and it does that shortcut. Uh-huh. So you don't have to go through the menus and choose your stuff. Okay. But I had set mine to use the menus from the start and on active with super fast battle speed. That was a slight mistake. You said fuck that. <laughs> yeah, but I put it on weight. You know, I've had such a, a much better experience with it as a whole. Because I'm able to look, think about my moves. Because I'm still learning moves. So I don't even know what all my characters can do. Yeah. And every time you change stack, that changes your available abilities. Because you get one that uh, your character always has, but it changes elements based on whatever the strongest element in your stack is. So I may have a fire attack. I change my stack. Oh, now I have an earth attack. Mm-hmm. So I have to relearn what everything is, and they have their own abilities. Um, the upgrading the mirages is a kind of grid spherish system, which mm-hmm. I like because you get multiple choices on which way you're going to fill it up. Mm-hmm. And when you get to a certain point, you unlock their evolutions. Hello, Pokemon. Uh, so it's interesting because like the, I mentioned catching a Kokobo. Well, you start out catching a Kokobo chick. So you have a little Kokobo with, you know, an eggshell still partly on its head. And then you level it, use it in combat, get experience, fill in the grid sphere. You unlock a regular Kokobo. And as an alternative, once you catch a black Kokobo chick, you can evolve your, or it's called Transfiguration, I believe. Hello, Harry Potter. Um, you transfigure it into, you can go between a yellow Chocobo and a black one. So you kind of have this interesting little go-between with a different uh, mirages. And I'm assuming, and I don't know this for a fact, but I'm assuming the next evolution of the Chocobo is a fat Chocobo. That makes sense because it'd be large size. Right. Because right. the regular Chocobo is only medium. So I, I kind of want to see that because that would be pretty funny. Uh, I haven't done it yet, but you can also on their grid sphere unlock the ability to ride them around. Huh. So like you can ride your Kokobo around. You can ride. Um, I think there's a cat-like one that you can ride or something. A lot of them will ride or you can ride on uh, at some point. I haven't done it. Haven't unlocked it because I want my points to go towards you know combat-related stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I can walk. You know, I have legs. Uh, you can also have one of them running around with you. So like the Kokobo chick, and you get it pretty much you're forced to catch it. I think it's the first one you catch, actually, as part of a tutorial type thing. But its ability is when it's walking around the map with you, it can sense items. So there mm-hmm. are hidden items that aren't in a chest that you only get if you have this support mirage out and it senses the item. So that's a neat little thing. Um I've been going without it because I don't have it in my stack anymore because I evolved it. So when I turned into a regular Kokobo, lost that ability. Um, because I believe only smalls can walk around with you anyway. Okay. One my favorite feature of this game, and I was very frustrated at first until I discovered this, 
is that you can fast forward. <gasps> oh, fast nice. forward what you say? Everything. Nice. So at first, I discovered it on cutscenes. I don't know how. I was hitting buttons, I think, during a cutscene because I was getting annoyed waiting on it to end because the dialogue is pretty slow. Uh, but you hold down right trigger and it speeds up and it is glorious. In fights, when it's not my turn, I press that button, <clears throat> it speeds it up. Pretty much anything I, I where. I so love that. So anything nice. where that button doesn't do something else, like when you're on the map and you press the trigger, it swaps who your main character is that you're actually controlling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, anytime there's dialogue on the screen, you can hold it. So it's not just the like cinematic cutscenes that fast forwards. The only thing it it actually pops up with a little no fast forward icon on the uh, loading screen. <laughs> it's I, like you I'm can't fast forward to, the loading. <laughs> I'm beginning to get in the mindset these days to where there's now two things that I think every single game needs to have as a standard. Mm-hmm. One, for fuck's sake, it's 2018. I don't know why this is not a universal standard for every single game that comes out. But number one is customizable controls. And mm-hmm. I mean full. Cause I mean, you change the layout of any fucking thing you want. Yeah. I don't know why that's not a standard today. I don't know why. It's fucking crazy. It's still in the sense to where when you find games that have that, you're like, hey, they have this. Cool. Thanks. (laughs) But second, I'm really starting to pick this fucking speed up thing. You know, those who play emulators know this quite well. The fast forward option is fucking great, especially for games like RPGs. And I mean, I suppose that you could see where there's you could abuse it, but it's just fast forwarding. You know, I mean, you either use it or you don't use it. It either goes fast or it doesn't go fast. But when you have it and then you play games that are like that but don't have it, you mm-hmm. miss it. Yeah, and it also has skipping cutscenes, but it's an RPG. I don't want to skip cutscenes. I just want to go faster because I have subtitles on. I'm going right. to read it before the characters even say it. So yep. I don't really need that part of it. So unless there's a lot of dialogue at once... I just hold fast forward, read through it, and I can typically read it before they're finished even fast forward talking. So that hasn't been an issue. Um, mm-hmm. And in combat, you can also turn on auto battle. Uh-oh. So it, it'll just attack or it, it uses your last action over and over. So mm-hmm. if that was a base attack, it's going to do that over and over. I haven't used that since the beginning once I started being able to catch them. Mm-hmm. And because at that point, they kind of got stronger. And I wasn't, I had to think about my combat a little bit more. But when I did use it, that was great. I just hit the, and you just hit the, uh, whatever the screen is in the middle of the controller. Can't remember what it's called offhand. Um, what is it called? What anyway. is that touch, that touch screen? You know, yeah. Right? Yeah. So you just hit that and auto battle turns on. That's it. <laughs> so that combined with the fast forward and you don't have to, It'll be very quick for the battle to be over. Um, yeah. But that's typically something that I think would only come into play if you're grinding experience, which in that right. case, it would be phenomenal. You just run around, and it doesn't turn off in between fights. So you turn it on, you get in a fight, you hold the trigger, you just wait for it, and then keep running around, and it just keeps going on. So that's a grinder's dream. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, so... Only four hours, but overall, I'm enjoying it. 
good features to it. It is amusing how many connections there are to like Pokemon. Um, and I hadn't <laughs> actually made the comparison to Kingdom Hearts, but that is similar to what they did here. And when I saw the style of it, I actually stopped for a moment and went, hmm, I wonder if this is one of the reasons Kingdom Heart Kingdom Hearts 3 is delayed so much. It's because they put people on this at one point be. from that Could team. Be. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me in the least. Um, any more questions about that before I move on? No, go right ahead. All right. So I mentioned that... Well, before I get into Horizon Zero Dawn, one of the other things immediately I did after... All right, now it's my turn not to be able to talk. One of the things (laughs) I immediately did after our last cast was I went on the uh, Nintendo Virtual Store and I bought Alleyway. Okay. And I played and beat it. (laughs) So it... And playing through it, I am pretty sure that I beat this game before. Because if I didn't, I got to the very last level. Mm. So I hope I beat it. Otherwise, that was very sad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was was an interesting experience because I remember spending a lot of time on it, and I did die a lot on the last three levels. I know I did that too. Uh, The way it works is there are 24 levels total, but you have three levels and then a bonus level. But those Mm -hmm. three levels are the same pattern, but with a different gimmick. The first one, there's, there is no gimmick on the first one. It's just this blocks on the screen. You hit them, you win. The second one is they move across the screen left and right. Mm -hmm. So you have to now aim at moving blocks. The third gimmick is that they come down from the ceiling and it will repeat the pattern above it. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the gimmick pattern to it. And then every, and the uh, level, and it doesn't count as an actual level, but the fourth level you play each time is a bonus level. And that's what I mentioned that the first one is uh, Mario's head. Um, there's a, I believe they are Yoshi, Fire Flower, a Koopa. I, got, I think that's one more. I can't remember what it is. Oh, I know what the final one is. That's Bowser. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, so there's 24 levels. So there's not a whole lot of levels. And when I started it, I was like, man, this is really easy. (laughs) I I don't remember this being quite this easy, even from the start, because the ball was super slow. Um, But I kept playing, and around level 8 or 9, I noticed the ball's moving a little bit faster, and then... By the end of it, the ball was faster. So it does speed up some. And the other overall gimmick it has is the first time you hit the ceiling of the level, your paddle shrinks. Hmm. So you actually lose probably 30% of your paddle size by hitting the ceiling. And you never get it back until the next, in that that level. So the next level you get back to full size, but as soon as you hit the ceiling, you're shrunk again. So after the first three levels, because they actually have a roof of blocks, after those, then you have to deal with the rest of the game basically with a short paddle. Um, You also get lives every thousand points, 
but that caps at 9,000 points. You don't get any more after that. Hmm. Uh, so at the end of the game, my score was like 17,000, but I'd only gotten nine extra lives instead of 17. Right. Um, and the lives actually cap at nine. I, I read that I died when I got to nine every time, so I don't know. You don't know if it's a fillover. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's the case. I assume it is. It makes sense because you can get nine extra lives, so some kind of arbitrary limit they established there. Yeah. Um, that happened many, many times back in the day with older games. Like, they would yeah. stop at nine, but if you if you got 10, 11, 12, 13, it would keep them. You just didn't mm. see them. That's true. I know on the points, they only have four digits. So when you go over... 9,999, it actually adds a little fire flower underneath your score to indicate you have nice. 10,000 and starts the counter over. Nice. So that was their way of getting around that. And I think that's why you don't get lives after that point because of some coding issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was certainly fun to go through and play it. I was very happy that I beat in my first attempt, though I got a little worried because I kept dying for stupid reasons. Like I would, uh, and the game does have save states. But I didn't have to resort to that. Yeah. Um, I did make them just in case something happened. Um, and I had to step away from the game. Mm-hmm. But uh, what was I saying before save state? Oh, yeah. Stupid deaths. Like, I would have my paddle there. The ball would be going straight towards the paddle. And then for some inexplicable reason, my thumb would just move the paddle out of the way. So I just go right by and die. Like, okay, that was Your unnecessary. Thumbs are against you, Chris. And I did it like three levels in a row. I was like, "All right, this is ridiculous. This has got to stop." Uh, <laughs> I think I finished the game with five lives. So I and you start with five. I gained nine and went back down to five. I think that's right. Uh, so I died about nine times going through it, which. Isn't terrible. Um, I did beat most of the bonus stages, and beating a bonus stage gives you a lot of points uh, just for doing it, and then a completion bonus, which gets higher the more levels you've gone through. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I think it starts out with like five hundred, but by the end I was getting like seventeen hundred points for beating it <laughs> uh, because it's a timed stage. You only have like I believe it's a minute to get all the blocks, and it's kind of gimmicky because. There's really easy strategy to do it. You just move your pad. You start all the way on the right. So it goes, you know, in a small uh, angle around the screen uh, from bottom right corner to the top left corner. And then you just move your paddle over a little bit more. And it shifts it out essentially one block. You do it again. And after like six cycles of that, you have the board cleared. Hmm. And that only takes like 40 seconds. So as long as you keep the pattern, you can beat every bonus level. I screwed up two of them. So two out of the eight, I, eight, six, how many are there? I think six. So two out of the six, I screwed up and had one block left and time ran so, out of time. So pretty much you're a pro gamer. That's what we're getting at here. When I was like eight levels in, you know, without a single death, I was getting ready to contact MLG. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, am I going to do this flawlessly? Oh, man. Hey, I don't know if you guys have heard about this uh, game called Alleyway, but uh, 
don't worry about it if you don't know or not. I'm pretty much the shit, okay? It's all you need to know. And uh, I want to start talking about some world records, okay? <laughs> I, I should go check and see if there's an alleyway speed run. Uh, you know, yeah. I might have the new record. Uh, <laughs> I, I tell you, I think it's probably it's possible because you know that if you, number one, you can get an ability to let you catch that ball and put it and shoot it out the way you want to, but you don't have to go that far. You can put that ball wherever the fuck you want it if you manage the bouncing correctly. If you if you get the angles down like correctly, you'll know exactly where it's going and how to get it where you want it to go. Yeah. And this game, just be. to clarify, has no abilities in it. There's none of that catching. There's none of the... I thought there was multi-ball. There's no mm-hmm. multi-ball. That was a different game I was thinking of. There are no gimmicks other than the level ones I mentioned. That's it. You have a paddle, you hit the ball. It speeds up occasionally. That's it. Glad you got down some memory lane with some fun shit, man. Yeah. It was worth the $3 I spent on it. Even if I only got, you know, an hour and some odd change out of it, it was, it was well worth it. Still good. It's good. Yeah. So, yeah, the other video game I played was Horizon Zero Dawn. I resumed my play of that. I am still enjoying it. I'm to the point where it's kind of interesting because I had mentioned how I was running out of health and stuff and had to go farm it. I still have had to do that a couple of times. I actually bought the upgrade that lets you hold twice as much health. But I still use it up really quick. Mm -hmm. Um, It's... Excuse me. There are also potions in the game. And it's obvious that at a certain point, you're supposed to use those. Yeah. But the potions have... Take longer to get the materials for because those are based on animal meats. Mm -hmm. So now you have to make sure you're killing all the critters you come across as you're running from place to place. And that can be very tedious. And you're not guaranteed to get the type of meat you want. Because there are like... Four different types of meats overall, three that are used in potions, and you may get one of the three from, I, I don't know if it's any animal, but I think certain animals will only give you, you know, two out of the three and you have a random chance of which one you're going to get, um, and the potions take multiples of each. Mm-hmm. So it's not too bad of a thing, like... I was farming them for an inventory upgrade because you use the hides and bones and stuff for inventory upgrades. And mm. I had gotten a fair bit of meat. So at one point I had max potions, all that I could carry. But then I went and fought something super tough and used most of them. <laughs> so <laughs> hours worth of uh, meat accrual and potion crafting was gone in essentially one fight. Um, to be fair, I probably shouldn't have been there yet but it doesn't really stop you. I think it's one of those things where you're supposed to run away and avoid that enemy when you see it. Mm -hmm. I didn't. I used all my potions, all my ammo, and brought it down. (laughs) It was to the point where I was so low on arrows that I would shoot arrows, look for wood to scavenge so I could craft more. Wow. Uh, Because I was determined to bring that enemy down. That's the word I was thinking. That's some fucking determination right there. Yeah, I, so, I'm level 35 now, and I'm 50% done with the game. Mm-hmm, um, okay. I mentioned last time about armor and weapon upgrades being a pain. 
I don't know at what point they unlocked, but I ended up with a bunch of money in the game just from selling stuff and completing quests and missions and killing enemies and all this stuff. And I had tons of shards, which are the in-game currency. And Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, let me go see what the vendors have. And I ran across one that was in a little bit further zone than I had been checking for NPCs. And the armor was okay, whatever. But then I went to weapons, and they had the next tier of weapons in it. I was like, oh, okay. And it's not just one at this NPC. The NPCs in a region typically carry all the same things unless they're Mm -hmm. specialized. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. So I went through and I had enough money to buy almost every weapon he had. Uh, I even went back and bought the green ones that I didn't need to use just so I'd have the little check mark next to him that I owned it. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because each weapon has a tutorial associated with it, which gives you some experience. And I haven't been doing those. So last night when I was playing, I actually went and did some tutorials just to... I didn't kind of go on my way to do them. I'd be like, all right, these are the enemies I'm fighting in this area. Which tutorials want me to target those with this weapon? So I just swapped my weapon and swapped my quest. The one annoyance with these tutorial quests, they don't complete unless they're active. Hmm. So I've been using this one bow hours hours of in the game <laughs> never counted towards the thing so i actually had to equip the bow or i already had the bow equipped or i had to activate the quest so it was on my screen as active and then do it some more so that was Ooh. it's but normal story quests don't do that i can have yeah. a tutorial active while i'm completing a quest and i can talk to the npcs i can fight the enemies i can hit the marks on the ground that you have to investigate i can do anything else with any other quest without it being active can't do that with tutorials. I do not like that at all. Because if I had had that, if that wasn't the case, I would have already had most of them done. Yeah. Aside from the, you know, weapon ammos that I don't particularly use. Um, like there's some trip wires. Don't use them. Um, but there's a trial focused around them. So if I did the tutorial, if the tu- or rather, if it counted towards the tutorial while I was doing the trial then I would have been good. Um, so that is a minor annoyance. But the new weapons are better, and they are, I would say, drastically better. <laughs> so there is a good scale to them, it seems. I just, I don't know if I missed NPCs that sold them, because I had kind of been to that area hours earlier. I just didn't check the weapons, I think. Um, I still haven't unlocked the side quest weapons but based on the zones you have to go to to accomplish that I think that's going to be more in game tier type equipment mm-hmm. uh, at least I hope so because yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to go to all these areas I haven't even uncovered on the map yet in order to complete it even to get the lowest tier because that quest like I mentioned awards three tiers of weapons Yeah. even to get the lowest tier I have to go to all the same places as the highest tier I just don't have to rank as highly. So hopefully, I mean, they'll at least be better than what I have now, but I'm assuming that's going to be more in-game gear. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, is there anything else I want to talk about Horizon? Um, I mentioned there was a, it was mentioned that I might get a spear upgrade. I now actually have that quest 
for that enemy he was talking about that had a spear or whatever that hinted mm-hmm. at it. So I should know fairly soon if I actually get an upgraded spear from that. If not, then I will still be at no spear upgrade at this point in the game. To be updated in the future, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. But that is my main game right now I'm playing. Kind of saving this for last because it's an interesting little topic. So again, excuse me. Had to get a sip of water there. Talking too much. (laughs) Uh, What, on a fucking podcast? What's wrong with you? I mean, normally it's, you know, 90% you, 10% me, so it's all right, but. I've been told this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, not, you know, having my streaming set up, not being able to play games for a bit. They're not, re- I mean, I could, but I didn't want to because I want, couldn't stream, et cetera. Anyway, I was looking for other things to do. And we've been playing board games with the kids. And I have Munchkin. Not sure if you know of it or mm-hmm. ever seen it. It's a kind of, it's a card-based board game that's kind mm-hmm. of based on D&D, except you have cards you're drawing to determine what's happening and what you have available to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we played that with the oldest, and he really enjoyed it. And so D&D was brought up, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, <clears throat> ha- Michael, have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons? Yes. Mm, elaborate. Oh, okay. <laughs> what well, you just you, you asked I, I'm me? Just yes, sir. I, I know you I know. Asked... <laughs> anything you'd like to mention about it? how how'd you like it? What was your uh, experience okay. like? Okay. So, I played D&D on three separate occasions in my life. Okay. One was in grade school. Could not fucking tell you, because that's a long fucking time ago. Mm-hmm. Once in high school, for probably about a month or two, I had made a character with some friends. I had played it during lunch breaks at school, like every other day, so that was very uh, very far and few between. Uh, I mean, I remember making the character. I do not remember the story that we were going through. Um it's 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 been a bit too long and I don't remember. I made, <laughs> good God, I made an RPG back in the day that was like Dungeons and Dragons. Me and my friends played that. I was, was called, uh, a uh, Armageddon, Armageddon Apocalypse. Fuck, I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, I had fun playing that. I played it again in my very early 20s uh, because we were being deployed and we were stuck in Georgia for two months instead of just two weeks. And I, again, had made a character, but man, it's been so long. I could, mm. I don't think I could, I don't remember the story, what, what our arts were. Unfortunately, in my life, there has never been a time where I have been fully, like, wide blown open with D&D. Like, not in my later 30s or later, not in my 30s, not in my later 20s. I don't have, like, just a collection of stories. I don't have, mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you that, I, I just, like, I, I've, it's been something I very, very lightly dip my toes in, but I'm extremely interested in, uh, the, my latest point of reference is 
for anybody that that likes uh, YouTube personalities, there's a YouTube uh, personality. His name is Pro Jared, mm-hmm. and he has a cool series he does. He's only done two of them so far that I, I believe it's only two. Uh, for the entirety of December, he does what's called a D in December, where he tells stories about you know escapades through him playing D and D. He's been he's he's been a DM. He's made characters, yada yada yada, and it's been interesting. There are many avenues out there for me to play. Like I know a big thing is people playing D and D over Skype. Yep. There are venues in my area where I could go play D and D. I've been invited to play D and D. I just I haven't. Again, it's one of those things where, like I've said before, man, I've got too many fucking hobbies and not enough time to do them. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested in playing. I would like to someday, but it's not something I'm burning my fucking passion to try to get to. Because, again, video games take up most of my free time. Yeah. Okay. So, I I knew of D&D as a kid. I don't know how, whatever, but it wasn't until, I believe, high school that I actually attempted to play online with people over a forum. Now, mm-hmm. I'm sure you can imagine how well that went. Jesus. But I would create characters, even if I wouldn't get to play with them in a game, just because I like the uh, customization and stuff. But as of two years ago, I believe, uh, one of the streamers I watch, JP him and a crew actually played over Skype and streamed it on Twitch. Mm-hmm. And they their first um, main campaign, main game, was ongoing for, I want to say, a year and a half, two years. They'd play once a week and for like four hours. So there's a lot of hours with the content there I watched. Um, but then they've also, that's kind of the one of the main things for his stream now is he is a he's a gaming channel but he's also a D&D channel where they nice. have not just traditional D&D but they actually go out and try other game systems mm-hmm. uh, their main one right now is based on D&D 5th uh, edition but the first one was a modified version of uh, 2.5 mm-hmm. or something like that uh, but they've done I don't think they've actually played Pathfinder. I know that's a different one. They played one that is a uh, galaxy uh, space-based game where you travel between planets and all this stuff. You know, uh, I can't remember what the system for that was called. They did a series of one-shots where they were just a different uh, system for every game they played, every one-shot, uh, which one-shot's one episode. Game. Yeah. They play for four hours and they're done with the system. Unless mm-hmm. they, you know, turn it into a series, which typically has nothing to do with the one shot, but they may use the system in a later series. Right. Um, they actually are doing that. They had where they've had a few different DMs, but in December, I think it was December, might have been November as well, but JP brought in like four or five different people to DM their own game and they could do whatever mm-hmm. system they wanted, whatever story they wanted. JP knew nothing about it. I, I think he mm-hmm. was told about it a little bit, but um, just an outline. But they just got to DM and, you know, it's like, hey, who wants to try out a DMing, you know, out of his uh, friends? And they did it. Uh, and yes. one of them is now going to have his own se- series on his channel. 
Um, so that'll be three uh, different games they have going on at once. Uh, different players for them. I don't know if there are any, if there's any current overlap. Even JP doesn't play in some of them. He'll have just three other or four other people plus the DM, and he'll just be producing it on the back end. You know, running the stream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, which is pretty cool of him to you know host it like that. Um, but it's really fun to sit there and watch them go through this adventure. You oh, know, yeah. that's a lot of times being caught up. Uh, planned on the fly because they do something completely outrageous like one of the campaigns they had this orb you know they were sent on a fetch quest to get the orb return it to the person etc and the dm had this whole plan you know based around the orb and their mission and blah 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 one of the characters immediately smashed the orb before they even went back to the guy i think or they might have done in front of the guy or something because he was annoying Uh whatever so the DM was like, yeah, and he just kept rolling with it. And then later on, he was like, yeah, that just ruined everything I had made up to that point. So <laughs> everything after that was on the fly. And now we have a completely different storyline we're going on. I like that. So like it that. was, it's really cool to see that. Um, and there is a website called Roll20. It's at roll20.net. And you actually can put character sheets on there, do dice rolls on there show maps on the screen, move your little tokens around. Um, I actually signed up for the pro account to try it out mm-hmm. where it actually has dynamic lighting and stuff and field of vision. So when they move their character, they actually see what's available in their character's line of sight and stuff. So it is insane. The tools that they now have for this. Yeah. Um, I've, so, I've noticed that just in my research, just the, uh, just d- d- you still have the traditional shit. I mean, you still have venues that people go to and play it. You still have just the general social gatherer where people just go to each other's houses and yeah. play this game. But if you wanted to network and have people from across the world play a D&D adventure, you've got cam software to do it with yeah. you have websites that offer ways to make characters make maps make shit for you and it's all at your fingertips all at point and mouse click away it's it's the, the, isn't the internet great chris yeah isn't and i haven't great? tried it but roll 20 actually has video and audio chat built in yeah it's so, awesome but on the on the flip side of that getting away from the roll 20 side uh, Achievement Hunter and some other uh, YouTube channels have their own D&D show, but they don't do it over Skype because they're, you know, a local company. They're all in the same office. Mm-hmm. They sit around a table and play D&D, yeah. but it's modern D&D. They have a right. touch screen on the table with that has the map, and then you can, you know, touch it and move your tokens around and stuff. The tokens are physical, yeah. and they have little painted miniatures they use. Mm-hmm. But they can, you know, draw on the screen and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and actually, I believe JP does it every once in a while. He has one coming up next month, I think, where they're all going to get together, fly to his house, where he's he's building a house, by the way. And mm-hmm. one of the rooms is going to be dedicated as a oh, of course. studio type thing. And oh, yeah. that's where they're going to play it. And, you know, they rent equipment and all this to make it a bigger production. And they get one of those, you know, I believe, I didn't watch the last one, but I think they mentioned that they get one of those touch screens as well. 
So that just is awesome, all the stuff they can do. Um, so going back to my point about bringing up D&D, so we're playing Munchkin, and D&D got brought up, and it's like, oh, well, you know, the oldest, you should try D&D. And he's like, what's that? So, you know, we told him a little bit about it. And so I can't let that just stay as that, you know, little discussion. I, mm-hmm. after we finished playing Munchkin, which I won, uh, very handily. Uh, oh, my. Good. Good for you, Chris. <laughs> you beat a kid. Good. Yeah, good I, I for you. I also beat my girlfriend. She was about to win. And then oh, I you over, beat a so. girl. Good for you. Wait a minute. Can't. Can't say that shit in 2018. I, I was about to say, and uh, how's your wife looking at you right now? <laughs> she she's giving me that that shit look where she mm-hmm. you put your two fingers up to your eyes and you point <laughs> that I'm, I see you bullshit. Yep, exactly. Fucking women. Anyway, so yeah, I won. I'm not getting into that. I won and uh, went back to my computer and I immediately pulled up roll 20 because I had known about that point. I was like, all right, I'm going to see what exactly it can do. I pulled up, tried to find what I could of uh, rule books and manuals because the books are a little pricey once you think about how many there are and what all you need and stuff. Mm -hmm. But they do have a free PDF of a basic player's manual and a basic Mm -hmm. DM's manual that has some monsters in it. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's a whole big book of monsters you can buy. Uh, But it has a good starting point. I mean, there's like 300 in it or something like that. So it's it's not like they're skimping out on it. It's a lot of the uh, more esoteric enemies, uh, the more unusual ones, the more proprietary to D&D, I think, uh, type things are sourced from D&D or whatever, however you want to put it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I pulled all that up and I put together a small starter campaign for us to play. Um, Nice. So it was interesting playing that because I just set it up Saturday. It's kind of based on a, uh, partly on a rough quest that JP had done or his uh, DM had done with them on one of their campaigns. You know, it's a simple, hey, the village has a goblin problem. Go solve it. Uh, Very, it's not original. Wasn't meant to be. It was, you know, introduction to the system and whatnot. So we sat down, made characters. Um, there's only two of them because the youngest, I don't think, is quite ready for the complexity of the systems. Mm. Uh, but so sat down with the two of them. I made a character. So the party had three people in it at least to kind of balance it out because they didn't have a tank. So I made a uh, an amusing half-orc fighter named Grog Smith um, who kind of talked like the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Uh and it was, it was a good time. We played through. They essentially wiped um, because I thought they could handle the enemies, and they really could. But it was, it was one of those funny situations where, you know, the oldest, he's playing a rogue. So he sneaks in. He's going to backstab, you know, when the goblin's guarding the camp. And then, you know, they're going to sneak their way in and, you know, pick them off one by one. He... Fails his attack, fails his, or no, he just skims it on a second attack, so the goblin's just doing okay. Goblin yells out, alerts the rest of the camp, and the goblins have ranged weapons. So before even the goblins get to them, they're already taking damage. So 
they managed to make it out, uh, killed one goblin, the one that they snuck up on, managed to do just enough damage to kill it before getting hurt to the point where it's like, okay, we need to retreat. So did rolls to get them to run away. Uh, they got away, but not, you know, free of pursuit. So the goblins were chasing them. Half of them chased, half of them stayed back. You know, chased them into a forest they were at, and they ended up uh, taking too much damage and uh, going all unconscious at once, essentially. So, you know, I I didn't want it to end there, so I played it off where the goblins took them captive instead of just letting them die. Mm-hmm. Um, so after our break, because that was like a dinner break or lunch break or whatever, I think it was a lunch break, took a break for lunch, I did some more maps and stuff for the next encounter. They woke up, they were in a cave, tied up, uh, Grog immediately escaped because he nailed his uh, roll to escape the ropes. And so he freed everyone and then they snuck out of the cave, managed to sneak. They smartly bypassed all the guards and sentries, got out, ran back to town, recuperated for the night, and then went back to the camp. Snuck up again, this time successfully, took them out, went in the cave. Uh, that was the goblin headquarters, took them out piecemeal by, uh, took them out piecemeal and yeah, completed it that time. It was one of those cases where one bad roll snowballed into them essentially wiping. You know, I just took some DM pity on them. Yeah. But it's allowed for a better adventure. It's always good to do that. And it was supposed to be a learning thing too and if you just immediately die it's like well okay that was fun well fuck that (laughs) i mean i enjoyed it just even though i'm not i'm not really the creative type so the dimming dming was kind of difficult for me to do on the fly because i planned almost nothing Mm -hmm. um but they enjoyed it um i'm actually it's to the point where not only am i trying to think of more regular dnd stuff that we can do to expand the campaign because uh, I asked the oldest, I was like, do you want me to keep doing this? He's like, yeah, sure. <coughs> Excuse me. So I'm working on a you know actual world for adventure now instead of this one town with no name mm-hmm. uh, and a slight goblin problem. But I'm also looking at other systems that are more kid-friendly. And my first thought was, what if I did a Pokemon type D and D game? Because they love Pokemon. Kids love Pokemon. It's basically so, what it is, man. It's the stats. You just roll stats for your Pokemon. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, all right, I can, you know, set this up. I'll need to create some of my own character sheets, but I can do that, you know, Pokemon sheets. Turns out there is actually a uh Pokemon D and D system already mm-hmm. fleshed out. People have been playing this for a couple of years now. Huh. Um, I'm trying to. I'm looking for the name of it. It's like Pokemon Pokemon Tabletop Adventures, wow. and then there's a offshoot of it called Pokemon Tabletop uh, Unlimited or something like that, where some of the devs spun off and did their own thing in a slightly different direction. Um, I believe they're you know no hard feeling type thing. Oh, but, uh, yeah. I mean, based on the forum post, it's like. It talked about both of them. So it's like, oh, if you want to play this one, here's your stuff you need. If you want to play this one, here it is. I think they're actually on the same forum, too. So it's not, you know, one of those messy, oh, well, you're not doing what we want, so we're going to go do our own thing and 
Yeah. Yeah. Screw you. It's like, okay, well, we're going to not just provide our main, our original Pokemon D&D system. Here's an alternative for people who want this type of stuff, which I haven't looked at the second one yet. I've only looked at the first so far. Yeah, it's fleshed out. It's, (laughs) it's actually very complicated. I think it's more complicated than regular D&D at this point. Damn. Uh, and I got to thinking, and I was like, you know what? But Pokemon has gotten really complicated. Yeah. There, yeah. It used to be there were, you know, 10 types, whatever. Now there's like 30. Um, mm-hmm. There are all kinds of attributes that I never cared about. There are traits and all these other things, natures. I didn't care. I still don't really care. I play the game. I'm skipping like 30% of the combat-related stuff probably. Mm-hmm. And just going on, what's the strongest... What is the most overpower moved I move I have access to? I'm yeah. going to use that one. Okay. I'm going to use that Pokemon that can survive the longest. No strategy to it. I only briefly care about weaknesses in that I won't get one shot. Mm-hmm. And I'll preferably one shot them. That's it. But the kids, they're more into it. They know the weaknesses, you know, almost by heart. Uh, the oldest one, I think he does know them all. But yeah, I don't know. I still pull up the chart. When I'm doing it, I put up on the computer. I'm like, all right, here's a weakness chart. I'm using this. The enemy says, okay, I need to switch to this guy. Who even has that? I'm like, all right, yeah. I need a, I need a, uh, a steel type. Okay, what's steel? Who's, who's steel? That didn't exist when I played, you know, Pokemon Red. Um, so I think it would be okay. I might dumb down a couple of the things for it. But I think this is one that both kids will be able to play, and I'm pretty excited to play it. <laughs> Sounds like an idea, man. Try yeah, it out. So it's it's something new. Um, I've wanted to play D&D. Like I said, I tried playing over a forum once, and that didn't go well. And I never really had any uh, local friends that cared to play. Mm-hmm. So I never got to do that approach, but. I think if I ever tried it on uh, on any capacity on my end, I would try to find a way to play it online. Like I, I know there are local venues around here that, that host D and D, but number one, I'm not the I'm I'm fucking lazy. When I get home from work, I have hours, and I choose to sit here and not do a damn thing but play games. Yeah, and me having to you know get dressed and drive somewhere, f- potentially three, four separate nights a week. That's mm-hmm. not gonna fly. Two, uh, it's you know it's less. T- I, I I'm right here with my wife, so if I do yeah. play it online, even if I'm talking through Skype or whatever, I mean I'm still right here with her, not yeah. away. Which I mean I'm not handcuffed to her, but I like to be with my wife. It's amazing what happens when you have <laughs> somebody you care about. You actually do want to be around them. Oh, yeah. go figure. Yeah. But. Yeah, I, th- I think that I th- if I ever do decide to dive into that, it's going to be, you know, trying to do an online through some type of chat service mm-hmm. and whatnot. Yeah, maybe once I get uh, some more experience under my belt, maybe we can try something. Yeah, yeah, I'd be down. Yeah, and we played through Roll20 even though we're all in the same room. It was just mm-hmm. so much easier, you know, especially with the kid playing. It's like, all right, you need to roll your attack. Click that button on your character sheet that does the roll for you. So you don't have to type out, you know, roll 1d20 plus 4. It'll do your attack roll automatically because you set it up on your character sheet. 
I like it. See, I actually have a set of I actually have a set of dice. I'd mm. like to just roll it here at the house myself. <laughs> well, was that it for your week? Thank you. I think you're all uh, wrapped up. Yeah. So, you, hey, you weren't fucking lying. You got a lot this week, man. <laughs> yeah. It's like we're swapping roles. You get to talk now for now, and you get to talk more. <laughs> uh, before we fly into our topic for the week, I had one last thing I wanted to talk about, slightly news related. This is hot mm-hmm. off the fucking presses because I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure this shit got announced either yesterday or today. Pretty sure it's yesterday. Chris, we're going to spend a few minutes and talk about this Nintendo Labo. Labo. Yeah. We'll say Labo. So, I think it's Labo. I, yeah. So I had seen that Easy Allies had a reaction thing. Uh, apparently, mm-hmm. it was yesterday, and I skimmed over it. Uh, I didn't watch it and check it out. Today, I had, already st- I had started to see posts everywhere, and I said, all right, time to check it out. What the <laughs> fuck's Nintendo doing? For those of uh, you who are listening to this podcast this week, or next week, maybe even. If you haven't, you can just go to YouTube and Google uh, Nintendo Labo, uh, I think, uh, First Impressions, something like that. Just check out a just check out a trailer for it. Gives you a pretty subtle idea of what this thing is. Essentially, it's a crafting-slash-building type of uh, game setup. The idea is they're going to send you these... Well, not send you. You're going to buy these kits... And these kits are going to come with, I don't know, 5, 10, 20. You could find the specifics for it. But they give you these cardboard uh, sheets. The cardboard sheets are perforated, kind of like a punch-out puzzle. You get to pop out these pieces, and you make these toys. You make these things. And then you use those in, in tandem with your Switch to play different types of games uh and several were featured in this in this uh trailer thing you had like a fishing game so you actually made like a rock kind of a makeshift rod and reel and you can and there's a string to it and so you actually reel in the the fish by rotating the fucking handle of the thing uh, uh, the piano was the prominent one right off the bat. You you craft this makeshift uh, b- uh, piano with the keys and black keys, and then you hook your switch up to it, and it it reads your finger movements and it plays a piano, uh, so on and so forth. Now the it's it uh, really want to talk about this for a few minutes and just get our general reactions to this because. I gotta say, man, I'm not, I'm not the most happiest cat in the world about this. I want to get your take first, Chris. Uh, you watched the trailer today, yes? Yes. All right. So give me some first impressions of what you thought. So, my first thought was, this is really dumb. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I watched some more, and it got to the part where. The kid had basically the robot suit on Mm -hmm. and had, you know, I'm guessing Google Cardboard or, you know, some equivalent on his eyes for VR and was, you know, literally controlling a mech with his body. That was awesome. That was the only part that I cared about. And I didn't care about it anymore when I saw that the cardboard and stuff for that mech thing Mm 
is eighty dollars. Yeah, I was I like, mentioned the prices of these. Yeah, I was like, okay. That's... There's two kits for this yes. initially, from what I saw. There's a seventy dollar mm-hmm. kit and an eighty dollar kit, and the seventy dollar kit apparently has a just a all the a, other a, things a, you talked about, <laughs> all the other things, but the Robo kit is by itself for eighty dollars. So number one, that's the price hit. But see, if you are listening to this podcast right now and you've just watched the trailer or you're just watching just the trailer, you don't know that. That's not what's going to hit you right off the bat. Chris, what these people are going to be shocked at from the Mm get-go is this motherfucking cardboard. Yeah. Okay. Now, there's. I'm sure we can all make the arguments there... uh, uh, there are different types of cardboard, okay? different quality. Shut your fucking mouth. It's cardboard. Okay? So this is making, this is using cardboard to make makeshift apparatus things. And then you use those to play these games. Several reasons why this shit is bad or like what the fuck before you even get to the price tag. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about some of the good things that I see first. Number one, I get what they're going for. Mm-hmm. This is a craft your own adventure. It's, here but you go, you, you put this shit together, you spend time like you used to do with Legos and instruction manuals or uh, erector sets and instruction manuals, and you fucking mm-hmm. make these things, and then you incorporate your switch to them. And then you play. Okay, from a from a constructive uh, IKEA uh, fucking make it by the numbers. I, I get how that's appealing. That's about where it stops. I mean, I guess if you have this for your kids, you doing these projects with your children. I mean, that's a hands-on, you know, parent-child bonding thing too. That's cool. And then when you're done, you and your child could possibly play the game together. Okay, cool. But, number one, again, this shit's out of cardboard, okay? What's the durability of this shit? Mm -hmm. How long is this actually going to last with you manipulating these cardboard (laughs) parts? Yeah, that's number one. Now, let's say that you say Nintendo put money in this cardboard. The cardboard's fairly sturdy. They've engineered it in a way where it's not going to wear and tear. That's for a while. Let's say they get 15 to 20 uses before the cardboard starts to have really bad wear and tear. I'll give you that. But number two, exactly how fun are these games that are going to continuously engage you? How long are they going to engage you? I put over 450 hours into... Breath of the Wild. I'm not expecting to see a fraction of that playing these games. Number one, because of the durability of the cardboard. Mm-hmm. But number two, the actual fun and engagement of the game themselves. Like, I'm sure you can make mini games to where they incorporate a piano. Cool. But there are other games that don't have just straight, you know, piano style gimmicks. There's, there was the one, uh, again, I mentioned the fishing game. Okay, a fishing yeah. game could last for a while. Different ponds, different areas. I get it. The, the rubber one could probably have a good amount in it. I mean, I could, I could see how you can get some, yeah, some the, the robot is the one I think would have the most fun out yeah. of and the most, I think that'd be one where the durability would be better because of 
how much there is to it. I'm mm-hmm. sure that's a little sturdier than the others. The yeah. fishing pole, I think it's going to be the one to suffer the most from durability because you're yes. constantly reeling it and mm-hmm. moving it left and right and all that. And yeah, that's not going to hold up well. I saw stuff where they were, they had like a makeshift gun that actually had like a cocking mechanism to it. That's cool. The thing that had the fucking steering wheel on it and the, and the rotating, uh, fucking wheel, uh, the, the wheel itself rotates all the way. It has gears and levers on it. I get how you can make all these mini games that this would go to, but again, the longevity of these things doesn't, that, that doesn't seem that appealing. And, and again, yeah, then we get to the price point. $70 for one, $80, $70 for the variety kit and $80 for the robo kit. I just don't, okay. I, 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 this is not the thing of Nintendo for 2018. I, I don't believe they've got mm-hmm. to have something better than this going on as a one off, as a, as a haha, it was fun, throw it away deal. Hey man, if people got $70, $80 to blow, sure. But money aside, this just does not seem like a huge thing to yeah. me. It seems one like of- very like, one-off gimmicky you you put the shit together you had fun putting it together you play the games for you a few times next week you're playing you're playing fucking hollow knight or 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 uh, horizon zero dawn i mean so yeah there's really two things that you know picking back off what you said the first is that you know you pay this money you put it together you play it a little bit and then that's it. Mm-hmm. You also compared it to Legos with building and all that. You know, talking about how those work. But if you think about it, typically when you buy a Lego set, and those can be pretty pricey. It's like 30 bucks will get you a small little thing. And you may pay up to 80 bucks for a quality Lego set mm-hmm. for something that you're going to build and then set to the side. Yep. And you may play on it a little bit. But for the most mm-hmm. part, it's just going to be there to look at. So yep. is it really... I just hit my mic again. Is it really that different? Eh, you know, that's kind of a fair point, you know. Sure, Legos you can reuse a lot easier if you want to do your own thing with that set. But that's only if you're going to do that. Uh, this thing's already generating buzz. I mean, it's already getting pre-sales in. It's mm-hmm. eh, There's no doubt that people are going to buy this. Yeah. I mean, my and other thing... I, Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. You said two, my bad. Yeah. Uh, My other thing about it is when it first came on and when I first saw the website for it, it kind of implies that you can create your own stuff, but that's not the case at all. Yeah. They have these preset templates, not a whole lot of them, not a lot of great ones to me. I mean, there's some pretty cool ones in there. You know, the robot one for sure. The uh, I'm curious how the steering wheel works. The fishing rod is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as the durability issue is worked out, you know, but overall it's like, I'm not creating anything of my own. I'm just yeah. following your little instructions and building it out of your cardboard cutout and that's it. You know, yeah. I don't have any, is there a design aspect and go online and kind of put parts together to make something, you know, what, yeah. uh, where's the creating? I have to imagine that will come later. I mean, there's got to be some interconnectivity between these pieces and parts mm-hmm. once you put them together and I'm sure there will be a revolving community around that. It's, you know, here you take 
you know, parts one and four from kit sheet one, parts six, seven, and nine from kit sheet two, and blah, blah, and you can make a fucking stegosaurus. I get it. Yeah. And you can also, I mean, they, you got markers and shit you can color on them. You can add stickers yeah. to them. You can add some, some stuff. It sounds, it's, uh, the idea sounds okay, cool. Mm-hmm. But again, the fact that this is revolving around cardboard, it just seems so, it seemed, the idea seems as throwaway as the cardboard. <laughs> Uh, again, like I said, this thing's already getting pre-orders. It's getting a lot of buzz. People are talking about it. People apparently already want this shit. It did sell pretty well in Japan. That's why they're even bringing it over here. Remember, Japan has a different market and mindset than mm-hmm. us, so it's that's that doesn't really sell the product to me. I don't know. It, I, this is not something that I will buy. I don't. I don't hate this, as, except for the fact that I kind of wish their money was going somewhere else. That's that's about yeah. that's about the extent of my disdain for this. If I find out that this shit's just buzzing and it's something that like the kids are loving and mm-hmm. you know the parents are buying it because the kids want it, I don't care if they fucking throw it away or not. Because Chris, let's be real, we all have video games that we have played and put them on the shelf and we're done with. <laughs> yeah. And those are fifty, sixty, seventy bucks a pop. Yeah, that argument doesn't mean shit to me. Mm-hmm. What? What it does mean to me is that here is the potential for something, and they've wasted it on cardboard. That's so fair. It's playing to it's playing to some audience, who I I don't know because it's not I mean, me. It's Nintendo though. Nintendo's going to do what Nintendo's going to do, and bust or fail, they'll move on to something else. Certainly will. <laughs> or I said I mean, bust it, or fail, bust or success. Bust or fail. That's a little SNK reference there. Chris, let's talk about cheaters. All right. Cheaters are bad. All right, that was a yeah. good conversation. All right, guys, you can find us on the internet. <laughs> Chris, we, it's, it's time for you and I to be honest with our audience, be honest with everybody. It's, okay. Ooh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. It's, it's about to get rough. We're about to have a coming to, about to come, a coming to RN Jesus. I'll go first, Chris. Okay. You can ask me if I've cheated first or not. Have you cheated? Yes, I have. I certainly have. I have no problem admitting it either. <clears throat> and we'll get into that. Why in just a minute. Chris, have you cheated? Yep. Yeah. Chris and I both have cheated. We have no problem. We we are we are cheaters. I mean, I, if you take it to the extreme of say link to the Link's Awakening where if you do it one time, you are labeled in Link to the in Link's Awakening if you steal something, number 1, the shop owner kills you. <laughs> but also, your name gets permanently changed to Thief for the rest of the fucking game. Every NPC does not call you by the name you put in. Doesn't call you by Link either. Calls you Thief. So I guess if you want to go to that extreme, if you've ever fucking used a cheating peripheral or cheated in some way, shape, or form, to some degree, you're always one. Yeah, sure. I mean, I guess I'm a cheater. Sure. Uh... Let's see. There's there's many. I believe that in the gaming world there are many levels, slash styles, slash types. There are many ways that you could quote unquote cheat mm-hmm. in the video game world. I made a reference earlier about using a map. Uh, I mean, it's you could always just print a map out and just figure out your way to go around. Technically, that could be considered a, a method of yeah. cheating. 
but I would say it would also depend on the context of what on what it is that you're doing. Uh, let's talk about some early history days of cheating. Uh, back in the day, I don't believe on the Atari in the in the second uh, generation of the gaming world. I don't know how much cheating was around. There may have been codes, but I honestly can't think of like a 2600 game, which is the only console that I had back in that generation that had like cheat codes, you know, password override. Now there were other consoles that act there were other second generation consoles that had, you know, like keyboard inputs and number pads. I'm sure some some of them had codes or somewhat, but for me cheating like itself as a thing didn't really come around to the Nintendo era. And that started for me with the Game Genie. Yeah. Old school peripheral, uh, really simple. You fucking had this peripheral. You had this thing that was like the third the size of an actual game console, a Nintendo cartridge or half the size. You hook it in. You hook a Nintendo game into the Game Genie, and then you hook that whole entire uh, setup into a Nintendo you put codes in, the codes manipulate the game somehow, let you do shit. Like, have infinite lives, or uh, infinite jumps, or infinite continues, or invincibility, infinite magic, what what have you. And that entire concept has grown throughout the ages in, in one way, shape, or another. Mm-hmm. There were game genies for almost every single cart-based game known to man. Yep. Uh, cart-based console known to man. Didn't stop whenever CD base came around because then there were there were Game Sharks and Pro Action mm-hmm. Replays that did the same exact thing. You load the Game Shark in, you put the codes in. It says, "Okay, when I play that game, I'm going to manipulate this game's code, this game's this code in this way." Put the game in. You put the game in, and it does that same thing. Gives whatever the fuck you want. Uh, they also had consoles, uh, a lot of those CD-based ones also had ways where you could actually create your own codes. It was early, early base coding for, like, cheat codes, so you could try to manipulate the codes in a way to have the shit work for you how you want it to. Yeah, a lot uh, of the, a lot of the codes when it came to G- Game uh, Shark, at least, I'm trying to think of back to Game Genie, it's been too long, but I know on Game Shark, you were essentially just modifying a few lines of code in the game. You're changing some hex values and whatnot. So it was very simple overall uh, coding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and PC games, apparently, they've been doing it forever. I mean, they've, yeah. they've had it for a long time. The a lot the main thing that people know of today are like trainers. They actually have. I mean, a lot of them will have different actual cheat engines, but usually you'll find like a trainer, and it does the same thing. They do. They just specifically manipulate certain parts of the game and do it however you want, whatever you want, and it's more manipulable, manipulative because it's on a PC. It's just easier to work code that mm-hmm. way. Doesn't always have to be cheat codes, devices. I mean, there lots of games have had either input codes where you put different codes in through a combination of button presses, and it will have varying results like level selection, infinite uh, lives, etc. What have you? Konami code. Konami code, very famous. Is that it could be considered a form of cheating. There are. Uh, 
I mean, there are ways where you could, there were secrets that were in the game that could unlock certain things. And if you found them through magazines or word of mouth, it would, that's, that was, that could be a way to cheat. Mm-hmm. Uh, save states is also a new one. Oh, yeah. well, not new, but I mean, it's been around for a good while. It was, mm-hmm. I mainly, mainly emulators. Knew, yeah, I mainly knew about it in emulator form. And that's really simple, guys. It takes a, and gals, it takes an exact snapshot through a press of a button where the fuck you are right at that exact second. Stops everything right there. And then you can load that saved state and it will pick up right where you were. Now, it's great for a continue feature because you're playing a game. You're like, oh, shit, I'm about to go in that room. I bet you there's a boss in there. Let me save right here. That way, if I die, I don't have to fucking go all the way back to wherever it was. I could start from right here. It's essentially what you're trying to do. It's easily abused because you are in that fight. You're about to swing your sword, but then you save state. And then, oh, I didn't swing at the correct angle to get the maximum damage. Let me load the state and do it again. Or let me load again to pick something else. I mean, it's easy to manipulate and abuse a save state function. There is cheating in many ways all across the spectrum of the gaming world. Today, what me and Chris want to do is, number one, not apologize for cheating. (laughs) Number two, not make excuses for why we cheat or others cheat if you fall in these categories. We simply want to shed some light on the cheating scene as a whole. We want to set some, maybe some end of time cast standards for what we do and do not believe is cheating. Um, I'll tell you right now, I, from the top, if you beat a video game, and I mean in the simplest form of the words, because I know there are several games that have open-ended method of beating, Mm -hmm. or there are multiple endings, so hey, did you beat it if you've got all the endings? I mean, I'm talking about the very basic, generic, you beat the game. You started the game, you went through the game. You beat the last boss, you got the credits, you beat the game. Hey, you did it. If you beat the game, you can come back in and do whatever the fuck you want to do. You can blow that fucking asshole wide open. However, there's still caveats to that, in my opinion. If you beat the game, you should only be doing the shit that you already did. For example, let's say that you played Final Fantasy VII, okay? You ran through the entirety of Final Fantasy VII. You beat Sephiroth. You got the last scene. Oh, that shit, Chris, that was a spoiler alert, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. No, the last boss of Final Fantasy VII was Sephiroth. They're going to kill me, Chris. <laughs> so you beat Final Fantasy VII. You beat Sephiroth. You get the last scene. You get credits. Yay! You want to start that game back up? You pop your game shark in. Yeah, hey, fucking, I want all the material from the get-go. I want to have all my characters level 99. I want 9999999 gold point, uh, gold. I want, I want to have a gold chocobo in my, I want to have it all. Hey, you beat the game, man. Cool. You can have all that. But it's when you say, I want all this. Oh, and I'm going to go fight the emerald weapon with all this shit I've got. Now hold on. Yeah. You didn't beat that. You didn't beat the emerald weapon without that shit. If you're doing it now, that's cheating. 
this is the kind of talk that we're going to have on this discussion. We're trying to lay out ideas and, and theories and our parameters of what we think cheating is and is not. And that's one of the first ones. You beat, you beat the game, sure, as long as you follow those same type of, of, of parameters. As long, I mean, you don't, you can go really far if you want to like hey i never went to that specific island and i never fought those specific enemies i mean i guess but enemies are pretty thorough away as it is Mm -hmm. you know it depends on the level of difficulty in that example i gave for example the emerald weapon and the ruby weapon are two specific extra bosses in that game Number one. Two, they are designed to be difficult. They have their own internal uh, machinations, their own internal gimmicks, so to speak. They have their own internal ways of being beat that you have to overcome and figure out and learn. If you beat that game and never saw them, you you putting on a game shark and maxing out your fucking abilities and then going to fight that brand new boss, yeah, that's cheating. You need to do that the right way and earn the right to do what you want. Let's back it up a little bit further. Why would people even cheat from the get-go? Chris, you played this game. Why would you want to go back and cheat at all? Like, what's the point of it, Chris? You already beat the game. Uh, I mean, if you've already beat the game, it varies. Maybe you want to revisit the story again maybe you think there's things you missed or didn't understand or whatnot you just want to play through kind of you know watch the movie of the game you know if you would uh so pop in some you know instant level 99s just breeze your way through it uh you want to explore some more uh kind of goes hand in hand maybe you missed something story related or uh, not necessarily story related but side stuff uh and you just want to go talk to npcs or whatever you know Get that lore behind the game. Mm-hmm. And not um, have th- to grind. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things because though back then games didn't just let you run around the world after you were done. Mm-hmm. Uh, you didn't usually have that. Uh, once you beat it, you were done. Good job. Start over or load from you know your last save. Yep. Um, yeah, I think it's a lot of lore-related stuff for mm-hmm. at least RPGs. I don't know why you would go I'll, back I'll and cheat right on now. a non-RPG. Yeah, I'll tell you right now, uh, Chrono Trigger gave the entire world the thumbs up to do it because Chrono Trigger brought New Game Plus to the foray. Mm-hmm. New Game Plus is basically the fucking in-game actual version of fucking cheat codes. You <laughs> yeah. go through the game, you do whatever the fuck you want. You beat the game legitimately, it gives you New Game Plus. Hey, bring all that shit from the game you just saved at, start the game with that shit. That's basically mm-hmm. what you like to do. If you want to go through and, say, get an alternate ending or go through and explore again, if you just want to yeah. go back through the world again and you don't want to get to that part in the game where you have to grind for an extra three hours mm-hmm. or whatever, you just do it because you're already fucking there. Yeah. But that that's different because you've already earned that stuff. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. if sure, if you grind on you know Final Fantasy VII to level 99... Okay, starting at level 99, not a big deal because you already earned it. But if you only got to, you know, level 50, but then you're like, oh, I'm going to start at 99, you know, New Game Plus style, that's not New Game Plus style. That's yeah. cheating. <laughs> Another reason why people like to go back through games again with cheat codes in is some people just like to 
fuck with the new game. They just want to go in and just put balls to the wall, have all kind of weird, crazy mm-hmm. combinations, uh, different abilities, different powers, just fucking just wide open. What would happen if I had this weapon that I only got to level 15? What would happen if I got this to level 99? Yeah. So what else did it do for the game? What else did it unlock? What else fun things can I do? Yeah. I going back to something I cheated on, uh, Breath of Fire 3. Oh, God. So, uh, uh, if you... There are... And I, I'm. it's been a while, so I'm trying to remember the exact mechanics to it. Basically, you had some... Something that your level depended on gave you certain abilities or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you only gained something by leveling up. And I, and I still need to go back and play the game, legit, without any cheat codes. Mm-hmm. Uh... But apparently I missed large portions of the game system, uh, systems within the game, because mm-hmm. I started off max level. So I missed oh, out on yeah. something you could do, and I was like, yeah. oh, I didn't know that. Well, I guess yeah. I should go back and play that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's on my to-play list still. So I'm a dirty cheater. Also, Speaking for myself, I mean, Chris is older as well, so I mean, I'm sure he's been through this as well. I've been through those times in my life where I've had to go through games that were controller-breakingly hard, where they are rage-fucking-inducingly difficult, Mm -hmm. and I beat those games. I've gone the days in my life of having to grind for hours and hours and hours on end, or go to this place where uh, it's RNG fucking specific and you mm-hmm. have to just hope that this thing happens for hours and days on end. You know, some of the premise that MMORPGs are built upon right. now. You know, that fucking R- R- RNG tactic. I have my trophies, my mental and personal trophies in life of doing the stupidly fucking either hard or stupidly fucking long and complicated bullshit. Been there, done that. These days, I'm older. I've got more shit to do, and I have less fucking time to do it. So when you give me an obstacle that is simply revolving around nothing but time and grinding, I cheat. I cheat my fucking ass off, and I make my own reasons and excuses for them. An example, if I play a game, and there are items in that game that will give me a moderate amount of boost of some type of degree... Let's say a new weapon, but that weapon costs a million gold. And any given time, at the maximum area I can get to without, you know, fucking dying too much, the max gold that I can get at a time is like 500 gold per battle. <laughs> and every and every battle takes five minutes. Yeah. That and that's on the, that's if I get all the enemies. You get what I'm saying. I will fucking put a code in and get that because in my mindset, okay, I've got two choices. I can put this fucking code in, I can hit some buttons, and I can get the gold and go buy the fucking thing, or I can spend close to three to four personal days grinding to get this fucking thing, which in the end, I'm going to get it anyway. There is no obstacle to me when it comes to grinding other than time. You follow my logic there? There's yeah. nothing there to stop me. The, uh, there's no. Ne- I'm gonna get into the battle. Number one, 
two, I'm going to win because they're they're moderately easy. I mean, they're just you just fucking press the buttons and you win. I'm going to do it. The only thing stopping me is time. Long and long, long, long amounts of time. So I will get to the point where I'll say, now nah, fuck that. Fuck that. Now, if it is something that, like, an item that I need to beat a special boss, and that's the only way to get that item, I'm not going to put a fucking code in to get that item. Right. I'm going to man up and do the challenge. But if the only blockade is literally time, I'll do it. Secondly, if it's fucking RNG, I will try it, but I will wait until I get to a point. And I will say, no, I'm tired of, I've gone through this battle 40 fucking times. This thing has not dropped. I know it will drop, but there is a 3% chance the fucking thing's going to hit. I've had enough. Give me the fucking thing. I've done this battle over and over and over and over again. I'm literally sitting here waiting for the fucking RNG to pop and it's not popping. Fuck you. Give me what I want. It's another good, it's another good thing. Another good reason why I would say cheating would be okay. Yeah, I don't I don't cheat a whole lot in games anymore. I kind of I did it way too much as a kid that I know I ruined some of my gaming experiences. So mm-hmm. I tend to avoid it if I can. Um there's really to piggyback off what you said about, you know, just grinding. I brought it before <laughs> in Demon Souls. Demon Soul Souls. There was Demon's a, Souls. Demon Souls, yeah. So there I mentioned that there got a point where I was just grinding for souls. Mm-hmm. Nothing hard. It wasn't on the enemies that, you know, I had any real risk of, aside from the normal risk that's always there. But I could one-shot them, essentially. Yeah. Um, so I was just running an area back to the area. So I did the, you know, soul dupe glitch. So I got uh-huh. the items to get more souls. I gained, you know, a, a fair amount of levels. Not, you know, game-breaking levels. I didn't go up to, you know... I'm not going to say max level because I don't think there is one, but you get diminishing returns at like 125 yeah. or something like yeah. that. I didn't and get anywhere a, near that. That that, pre- predom- that You get that throughout the whole entire series where, yeah, yeah you could be a level 120, uh, a soul level 120 in Dark Souls, but it really starts not becoming a deal at like 45 and 50. So yeah. there's really no point. Literally, there's no point. Yeah, so I duped, you know, enough to go up. 10 levels or something. Well, it wasn't a whole lot. Um, and I would have done it anyway. I would have just sat there grinding. And that one, I didn't feel bad about. <laughs> it still didn't, you know, uh, get me cheaply through boss mechanics. Uh, unless it was just, you know, me doing more damage. Made it a little bit easier. But aside from that, like I said, I would have done it anyway. But I still had to have, you know, the mechanics down and whatnot. So I didn't really feel bad about that one. Um, but... What was the other thing I was going to mention? Um, oh, save states. I love save states for games that don't have saves. Like, they released the Mega Man Collection, but they re- when they released it, they gave you the ability to do save states. I need them on that game. Coming I from a Mega, a Mega Man guy here, I, I, I wholly endorse save states because those games are God awfully hard on, especially like the Game Boy titles. Oh my mm-hmm. god! Yeah, so I, yeah, I there's certainly uh, different forms of cheating that will, like I said, I I'm fir- I firmly believe that I ruined my experience in several games. Yeah, it uh, will. 
It will. That is, and you know what? I can I can give you an example of why even like cheating on, maybe not cheating, but an example for me is like near Automata. Okay, once I figured out the system in that game, once I figured out how to like get max upgrades for items and uh, uh, use chips to my advantage and where yeah. to farm the items to get the better chips where I can go to get the maximum XP and literally just sit there and fucking spam buttons and get XP and level up and level up. And Once I figured all that out, a lot of the game's charm left for me because the game was fucking piss easy. Really, yeah. the game was already piss easy as it was, but then it became fucking trivial to the point of nothing. I mean, I'm just, I, I am, I'm a walking fucking bullet hell god. So... You don't even have to use a cheating device or cheat codes or save states. You can make yourself utterly and overly powerful, and that will ruin a game for you, because there's 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 no fucking challenge. You're, yeah. And you you better hope the story is there to help you along or carry you through it, because you've lost the reason to play now. Uh, talking specifically about save states. I I have no truck with anybody using save states, period. However, using them is one thing. Abusing them is completely different. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you brought up Mega Man. I will use Mega Man for a complete example. I can cheat all fucking day long in Mega Man X4 if I want to because I beat that game with X and with Zero. I've gotten all the armors for both. Uh, including the black, I mean, I've done it all. I've done everything you can do in Mega Man X4 without codes. I'll put codes in and do whatever the fuck I want to in that game. Even if I don't have to use codes, if I use like an emulator and using save states, I can use save states if I want to in any shape or form because I've already fucking done that. But if I hadn't, if I hadn't, where I draw the line for abusing and abusing save states, let's say I'm playing Mega Man X4. Let's say I pick a stage. I go through this stage, I, for whatever reason, as soon as I land into the stage, I'll drop a save state. Ain't no harm in that, I just got past the stage selection, past the splash screen of this is the boss you're fighting, uh, past him actually teleporting in, I'm literally in a, I'm in a time saving mode right now, yeah. okay? Die in the game, whether it's at the beginning, at the end, doesn't matter, I never hit that save state again. I get to the first double door, the first of the double doors of the boss. I hit that middle section between the first and second door. Mm -hmm. I hit save state again. Hey, I've already cleared the level. I mean, I've already been through the entire level. I've done what I wanted. So instead of me dying and and, and dying and dying, and now I've got to do the whole level again, I'll just load right here. I've already passed the level, so there's no, I mean, me going back is just wasting time. I get into the boss, I die, I die, I die, continue, now fuck you, load state. That's fine. I get into the boss, I save state again, I shoot him, I shoot him. As soon as he fires a bullet and hits my way, I load state again. And I position myself exactly where his bullet will not hit me, and then save state again. And then maneuver to another spot where his bullets cannot hit me, and save state again. And that is abuse. 
that is making yourself invincible with the game having no way of putting a challenge to you because you are manipulating save states enough to where nothing can hit you or where you're taking minimal to no damage. Use and abuse is two different things. I made this statement a long time ago to some friends of mine uh, about, and I, I'm so glad it's becoming a, a null concept these days. I've always, I, I began to shy away from extra lives and continues many, many years ago. And the biggest example that I used was Super Mario 64. If I'm playing Super Mario 64, Chris, I go through that mm -hmm. game, Let's say I have six, seven, eight, nine lives. Let's say for whatever reason I'm just a shit tier gamer and I get to a level and I die 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 all the way through, use up all my lives. I hit a game over and I have to load the file again. It's going to throw me at the beginning. It's going to throw me back at the castle in the courtyard. I, all I got to do is walk into the castle and mm -hmm. then all I got to do is walk to the painting and jump in the painting. I'm at the level again. Yeah. What would... What was the penalty for me? The penalty, the penalty for me was literally in-game time. I mean, in real-life time. It is, it is punishment. I understand the, the risk and reward mentality of gaming. I understand the, well, you fucked up, and now's your, and here's your punishment. I get that. That adds challenge to it. It, it does. But there are also times where it just becomes a fucking time sink. Your punishment is literally just do this fucking thing over again. Now, these are two different things we're talking about. Because in Mega Man, if I die and die and die, I have to go through the entire level again. Chris, that level is challenging. I yeah. might die in that level. You know, just, that, that, uh, just to throw this out there, I talked about the uh, Mega Man collection having save states. Mm -hmm. I've still only cleared like one level. <laughs> and I'll save state before I jump. Mm -hmm. You know, over a pit where you have to get on platforms or whatever that move, like in the sky level. Mm -hmm. I have a save state. I'm pretty sure it's still right before a group of platforms. I never beat it. <laughs> Using save states. Never did. Yeah. So. <laughs> but, so, you have two different types of, of actual, mm -hmm. I guess you want to say difficulty or, or time-wasting difficulty. If I die in a Mega Man game, enough and have to continue i have to in order to get back to the boss i i do have to go to that level again and there's a strong possibility i can possibly die there is challenge in me getting back to the level hmm. and the punishment is you have to go and do that again if i play mario 64 there's no fucking punishment all i do is walk through the courtyard and walk to the painting i'm not gonna die there's no fucking challenge it's literally just a time waster so you have to pick and choose your poisons of what you do and don't want to waste your time with. Me, the older I get, the more not wasting time I want to go or uh, that I don't want to waste my time with. If there is a challenge that is stopping me from progressing, I will not cheat to get past that challenge. If there is nothing between me and point A and point B, and I want to get to point B really bad, and point B could be anything. It could be the end of an area. It could be a weapon, an item, gold, whatever. And the only thing that is stopping me, well, two factors. One, there's little to no difficulty to get this objective met. And the only way, to, the only obstacle to meeting the objective is time itself. I'll cheat. I'll, I'll do something to get that done quicker. Because, again, 
I, there's, I just don't have that time anymore. I've done those things as a younger child. I've beaten those harder games as a younger kid. I've done my grinding sessions. There's no, there's no need for it. Now, the reason why I like different games like Dark Souls these days is because shit scales with you. So mm-hmm. you're always going to get a challenge. But even in Dark Souls, if you want to go grinding for souls, it's, I mean, there's, there's difficulty in grinding for souls because you can totally get your fucking ass kicked. But if you know where to go for the souls that are really easy to get, it turns back into just a time sink. Right. So, yeah, there's different levels to this. You know, it's not as easy as, as, uh, if I say that I've cheated in games before, Chris says he's cheated in games before. That doesn't mean that we go buy Persona 5 and hook up the PS4 Game Shark, which I don't even know if that's a thing, and, and put in codes to have fucking everything in the world at the beginning of the game, and we've never played this game before. That's not how we do that. That would be in, that would be considerably stupid to do. You mm. would utterly destroy and ruin a game by doing that. No. You know, I don't think I've used a physical or cheated on a console game as far as that goes since PS2. Mm-hmm. Because that was when I had, that was the last thing I had a Game Shark for. I don't know if a PS3 had one, but I didn't have it. Um, and I don't think I even did anything that would qualify as cheating on a PS3 game other than uh, mm-hmm. Demon Souls. Yeah, I don't think... the grinding think, or the dupe. I'm pretty sure same thing PS2 was last for me, and I had both. I had a Code Breaker and a Game Shark for different purposes all around. But, yeah. I, I just, I really want to harp, harp home that idea, man. It's it, it There are different... Th- you have to be your own level of judgment what you consider mm-hmm. what you're doing to be cheating. And there is a there there should be your own personal checks and balances for what actually mm-hmm. is cheating. You should know if you're fucking cheating at something, okay? If you're playing Street Fighter 5 at the maximum fucking difficulty and you can't beat Zangief because he's so he's too fucking hard. You put some, you manipulate that game through a trainer or whatever to give you infinite life just so you could pass him. You're cheating. I mean, unless you beat him already, you're cheating. But if you're playing, I don't know, if you're playing the fucking Witcher and you know of a place to get a whole lot of, I forget, I think it was gold. I mean,. Do you really want to grind? Do you really want to sit there and waste all that time when you know you can do it? And it's you either want to waste 20 hours or you want to waste five minutes. Your call. Your call. But if it's uh, you either want to do the challenge and, and, and beat it and accomplish the challenge or you want to cheat the challenge, you know, grinding to me is not a challenge. Yeah. I think really what it comes down to is don't ruin your experience with a game. Um, Cheating in general, you know, you have your own guidelines on what is or is not acceptable. But for me, the big thing is, like I said, I, I know I ruined a lot of experiences 
with games as a kid. And I think that's where, you know, you should definitely try to avoid. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's not even just RPGs. There's action mm-hmm. games. You could say, uh, you could play Ratchet and Clank for the PlayStation 2. Sure, you can put a code in to give Ratchet every single weapon already maxed out from the get go. And yeah, you'll have fun for a bit fucking blowing up enemies with one shot kills all over the place. Mm-hmm. But number one, there's no fun and there's no challenge. Well, I say there's no fun. There's no challenge in that. Your fun is going to go, your fun could potentially fucking plummet quickly because everything's a fucking button click away. I mean, a button press away. Like you're literally just nuking everything one by one by one with just a button press. So the game being designed for you to slowly, progressively upgrade these weapons, you're removing, you're removing that, that, uh, aha moment of the game. You're removing that engineered man. Yet that yes, that fucking shot of adrenaline when you do get the next upgrade, and you man, I can't wait to get the next one because man, this one shot it shoots three bullets. Now the next one's gonna shoot five, and they and they ricochet. Oh, I can't wait. Nope, you just gave yourself the nuke all button. It totally can ruin the challenge for you. It can totally ruin the game for you. You don't want to just. Why would you just want to walk around just? Pressing the button to win. I mean, press A to win, sure. Online cheating, Chris. Online cheating when you're playing. Yeah, you fucking said it. This right here fucking ruins my experience every time I I have ever fucking been involved in it. And you know, and I know, the the group of guys that we ga- used to game with all the time, we used to say it all the time, but by God, you can fucking tell when people are cheating. And it it's so fucking bullshit. Like, if I'm playing Call of Duty, what the fuck ever, and I'm shooting you with a gun that is powerful, like, with 20 fucking bullets and you don't die, but you shoot me with two from between walls... And and not even looking at me, and you kill me. That's some bullshit. Mm-hmm. Now, I have. Go ahead. It's so ridiculous now. The point it's that where even like mobile games, you can't avoid it when there's no player to player interaction. But you go to like the leaderboards, and the scores are all you know unattainable numbers. Yeah, they just cheated their way to that, and that's. Mm-hmm. It. I mean, why? Just to see your name on the top of the leaderboard or something. I mean, you're not gaining anything, you know. It's not like, I don't know. It's just absurd, the level people go to. This is something that I've had to learn about people that I've I've had to come to the begrudging realization is that I am not... The end of time cast is not here to dictate how you play your games and how you live your life in gaming. If you want to play, to buy a game and put every code in initially and do whatever the fuck you want without having beaten the game, hey man, it's up to you. That's, uh, that's your life, your game, your money. I don't give a fuck what you do. I wouldn't do it. That's all I'm saying. I don't, I mean, I don't know what discussion I'm going to have with you when I'm explaining to you the fucking you know, I played Final <laughs> Fantasy XII, and I did this three-fucking-hour-long battle fighting Yasmite 
uh, fucking doing his uh, the phase after phase after phase and learning these things and using my tactics to my advantage and all that when all you did was just give all three of your characters infinite hit points and you just sat there and pressed buttons till you won. I mean, I, what kind of discussion can I have with you? You know? But I have had, I, I have had to realize that, and I forget the person who explained this to me, it makes sense, while neither condoning nor condemning, I, I understand this. Some people just like to fucking cheat. Some mm-hmm. people's fun is cheating, okay? If I'm playing Modern Warfare 2, Chris is playing Modern Warfare 2, our fun is going around the level and you seeing who can get more kills than the other or working together and killing people together. That's our fun. When we get back to the lobby, we're like, fuck yes, I had fun. That was a good match. Our team won. Half the team scores were me and you. Fucking high five. Uh, digital high five yeah we fucking did a good job chris <laughs> some people's fun has fucking nothing to do with that their fun is putting the codes in getting online and griefing the fuck out of people and yeah. getting 50 kills no deaths 360 no scope no problem nothing to worry about and there's many reasons why i mean number one they just want to be on top you didn't earn it but you are on top Two, they want to grief people because they want to get the fucking reactions. They want them to get fucking piss angry and, and unplug their shit or throw their mm-hmm. controller. They, they, they yearn for that. And that's just some people's fucking way of fun. When I say that games are fun, I have to understand and incorporate fun comes in all different shapes and sizes. If that's your way of fun, I can't fucking take that from you. That's how you have fun. I just don't agree with it. That's yeah, just not I mean, my thing. I, sure, like you said, cheat on your single-player game all you want if that's what you want to do, but do not fuck with other people's experience. Yeah. Just, yeah, I I cannot... And, you know, talking about griefing, it's bad enough when you have griefers in games. You know, MMOs are notorious for it. But when you have a griefer that is cheating... That's just so much worse because, okay, you got to agree for you can eventually, hopefully, depending on the game, work your way out of that. When they're a cheating griefer, what are you going to do? Yeah. Because unless you're cheating yourself, what is your counter? What are you going to – it's like, okay, I guess I won't play the game. That's the counter, mm-hmm. not play. And that's not fun. Yeah. So – well, that's pretty much our stance on the cheating side of things. I think there's a time and a place for it. I think there's ways that, in our opinion, in our end-of-time cast statements on this shit, I think there are ways that what we believe is you can earn to do it. I also think that there are ways that you can quote-unquote cheat just do it in modesty. Again, using a stage state is fine in a game. It just depends on how you use it. Uh I, I am a third generation gamer, folks. I have played several NES games. I've been through the fucking trials of the, I made it to level six. There are eight levels in the game. I died in level six. Fuck you. Go back to the very start of the game. Do it over <laughs> again. 
Okay, let me go back through level one, which I have memorized by fucking sight and sound. Let me go through level two, which is a fucking piss easy level. Let me go through level three, which I've, I know all the secrets to. Let me go through level four, which is blah, so on and so on. Let me get back to level six. Fuck you, go back to level one, start over. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am 36 years old. I have no fucking time for that. Mm-hmm. If I beat level one, fuck you, I beat level two. Give me a save point. No, we don't have save points. Well, fuck you, I'll make one then. Save state, <laughs> bitch. It's when I go, okay, there's a jump right there. I, it's a really tricky jump. Let me fucking save state right now. That's, 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 there's limits to it, folks. There's moderation and there's, there's ways to do it. You are your own judge on what you think cheating is and is not. But for me, I got no fucking problem with doing it as long as I earn the right to. Mm-hmm. And I think I've gotten better and, well, I think I've gotten way better at doing that in, in modesty, moderation over the years. It's kept the games intact for me. It's made me feel accomplished. And it's good. I mean, look at, uh, look at like Dark Souls. Dark Souls to me is another Colonel Trigger incarnate. You beat Dark Souls, you gotta go through a fucking hell of a lot to go through Dark Souls, but you get a new game plus. You think you get a new game plus anyway. Just don't know as the shit scales with you and gets harder, so technically you didn't really get a new game plus. Ha ha, joke's on you. But did I go back and put fucking trainers on it and try to do, no. I didn't need to, I just, I just kept playing the game and got better. <laughs> so. I think that's going to do it for our cheating topic, unless you got anything else, Chris. Nope. That's a Don't fuck with other people. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Keep your fucking cheating offline, please. Like, seriously, I do not condone that in any way, shape, or form. You are playing a multiplayer game where you're playing against other people, and you just have distinct advantages over them that are not skill-based and or in-game purchase, like weapon purchase-based, or, or you... You know, it's like items or stats that you can get throughout the progression. And uh, no, don't fucking cheat. Take your fucking auto aim, 100% accuracy, fucking one shot kills shit off. That's fucking horrible. And you are a horrible person. And I hope that your milk is sour in your refrigerator. Ha, ah, take that. That's going to do it for this episode of the End of Time Cast. Thank you for listening. What are your thoughts on cheating in general? Hey, did you hear something that we said and said, no, nah, you guys are just fucking bullshit cheaters. We'd love to hear your opinions on it as a whole. What bad experiences have you had with it? What good experiences have you had? How do you use cheats, so to speak? Uh, and we didn't even go over like all of them either. There's, you know, there's fucking passwords and level select options from back in the mm-hmm. day that you can incorporate all the time. That comes in many ways, shapes and forms, but. What what's your thoughts on cheating in general or anything we talked about this episode? We love to hear feedback from you. You can check out our Facebook page. We have a Facebook page. You can just search for End of Timecast. It might be how you found us here. You can email us at endoftimecast at gmail dot com. That's endoftimecast at gmail dot com. No funny spelling or numbers in it. Just as you heard it. Still got a Twitter page. You can still tweet us and. That's going to be it until our next episode, which is going to be about uh, Oprah Winfrey as president. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. How fucking horrible am I? Until next episode, I'm Michael. And I'm Chris. You know what? 
I need to change that because the way I say it, it sounds like until next episode, I'm Michael and you're Chris. So next episode, I'm not Michael and you're not Chris. Maybe I'll be Michael and you'll be Chris. Oh, shit. Good night, everybody. (laughs) 